Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 116. I'm your host, with my co-host and teenage son, Jack, across the table. We're back down in the basement to talk about some wrestling before he goes off to work. Most important update, have you been paid? Yes. Yes, he has, ladies and gentlemen. Finally so got turned out. When you got your paycheck, it was huge. We won't say specifically how much, but basically... Five dollars. Basically, you worked about 100 hours before you got paid, right? Which is crazy. And to our American friends out there, um, this might be upsetting to you. Do you know what your... So he is a 15-year-old person making a minimum wage in Ontario, Canada. Do you know how much you make approximately an Isn't hour? Fourteen fifty. You make about 15 bucks an hour, yeah. right? So we're American friends not to get if on I a If I get soap. like time and a half, then like... It's about half of that in America. That's and there's suckers. tens of millions of people... And the exchange rate is like... Also ...struggling to uh, make ends meet in the States as billionaires' profits keep going up. Working people are still struggling with minimum wage jobs that are kind of below a living wage so come on america figure it out pay people right because you're making a decent wage for right the work like you are. and i got a shift on monday thanksgiving monday for you'll get time and a half canada i'll get like more. 22 dollars right. an hour basically yeah, for working so. in a grocery store yep. stocking fruits and vegetables so yeah pretty awesome to be in ontario making should be a student a wage long weekend right so last night we went down to the city when we say the city we mean toronto as people in southern ontario as always, folks, I do put timestamps on here, so if you'd like to skip by any segments that you don't enjoy, you can go check the timestamps. We're going to chat for a minute. So we went down to your uncle's very cool space, because it's like a coffee shop, uh, a bar, um, a retail spot also with like home. skateboarding stuff. Um, <laughs> it's like so many things. There's an uh, art uh, space, right? So it's a, just a really cool, hip place down in the city, so all of the Korean side of the family, basically all the cousins and... The older generation were all no there chose. because you're that's true the peterborough cousins weren't there and they're they're really cool so we missed them but um because your grandfather's family was in town right some of the siblings that are rarely there so but your I grandfather told his siblings i'm like sure but your grandfather was not there why would that be uh, i still don't get it i mean so i do but they had moved into a new house not too long ago and he was just trying to touch up the paint in the ceiling in the kitchen realizing that some of the touch-ups weren't matching as you learn if you try and touch up a ceiling oftentimes you end up just repainting the whole thing because it never dries and matches well you know anyways 70 year old grandfather on a ladder we went to visit him last night after the dinner decided to jump from the ladder to the kitchen counter and fractured part of his spine right so yep he is an intense pain on really strong painkillers so we sort of stopped by to drop him food after we met down so in Toronto. Doing all right, given how yeah, bad that honestly, sounds. I was. Uh, he's still in a lot of pain, obviously. And your mom looked at the actual wound and said it was pretty awful. But um, so hopefully he heals quickly, and then uh, possibly going back down there tomorrow for a dinner of grandpas I don't think, or Toronto grandpas. Yeah. I think it's going to be a whole bunch of like legit Chinese food, not actual turkey and stuff. But um, I think that's the plan yeah. for us because it is Canadian Thanksgiving. Sorry, American friends, again you. You celebrate yours at a different time. This is our like a bunch of chumps Thanksgiving weekend. Hey man, it gets me football, a That's ton of true. football. So I appreciate American <laughs> Thanksgiving <laughs> for sure for having a different one. Um, other news: My beloved Toronto Blue Jays had their first playoff game yesterday and, and lost for nothing. So yeah. on the drive down to Toronto, you were confused. Why is mom driving? Well, because dad's streaming the Blue Jay game. I also thought it was because <laughs> you get mad in rush hour. I do not like rush hour, but it was more I wanted to watch the Jays game uh, yeah. on the way down there. So disappointing. Um. Our best pitcher started and 
just had one bad inning. I think he was too like hyped up in the first inning, gave up three runs, and that's all it took because the Jays couldn't score. So disappointing, but at least they made the playoffs, so that's cool. Uh, anything exciting for you other than getting paid and buying? What did you buy with your... Oh, yeah, I got, they had the office, like I said, at Walmart, so I got that. Which I also think is really cool, being a big office fan. So as you were building it, you were showing me there's so many references to so many episodes, right, within that Lego set. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I think that what they could do at some point, and I hope they do, is like a CMF series for the office, which is like the blind bags. So they did oh. that for Simpsons a while ago. Yeah. Because there's so many variants. You could have like Prison Mike, a Santa Bond, like chili dinner, Kevin. dinner party. Oh, no, Kevin has the chili. In oh, the he does? Set. Yeah. Already? Nice. You could have like the Makes dinner sense. party, like Jan or something. Or, like, yeah. You could have Golden Face. Yeah. Some stuff like so that. Things. Right. Like kind of like the mini Funko Pops I got from the advent calendar. That would like, be awesome. It could be stuff like that. So I think it'd be cool if they did that because they've done that for like Looney Tunes and. It is a very um, cool Lego set. I will Simpsons say. and whatnot. Yeah. So that yeah, was, was cool. his big purchase. Uh, and then uh, this morning I watched uh, Werewolf by Night, yeah. which is a uh, Marvel's Halloween special presentation. It's like, I think that's their term for like, it's not a show, but it's like not a movie because it's like under an hour. And I wasn't, like thing. I wasn't watching it because I was finishing up Impact as it was in the background, but I was even saying like, it looked cool to me. Like yeah, the whole was good. really dark kind of gothic black and white. What did you say? Like early horror 1930s kind of, kind 30s of horror vibe to it which caught my eye for sure um especially since i don't really enjoy any of the other superhero stuff that was kind of intriguing to me so yeah maybe i'll check it out at some point i like the yeah, look of it yeah pretty cool um and honestly it felt more worth watching than she hulk or miss marvel so right so which i don't want to watch <laughs> but you will maybe really i'll, I'll probably watch, not i'll probably watch she hulk but, but i don't want to watch miss marvel you're such a completist though uh yeah i might eventually but i'd I don't want to. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about? You got to get to work, so we should maybe move into mm-hmm. talking about some wrestling, I reckon. So let's do that. Uh, first off, as always, we will take a look at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. All right, so rating-wise this week, so NXT, which was the first post 2.0 so they claim nxt which i'll get into later yes was a little bit disappointing for sure uh but it averaged six hundred twenty-five thousand viewers so that's down 5.3 percent they seem to be sort of inching away from that seven hundred thousand that i consider to be a, a, a very good number for them uh 0.13 in the key demographic that's down a rather significant 18.8 percent so that's not something they would like to see And in my opinion, again, we'll get to it later. I don't think this first episode of post 2.0, NXT 3.0 or whatever it is, I don't think that's going to be, from what I saw, it's not drawing me back. I mean, I'll watch it because I always do, but it's not like, I was like, wow, this is so much better. I'm going to watch it next week. So I'm not sure if that number is going to go up. Um, Definitely not because it's so much better and different than 2.0. So AEW Dynamite this week. Back up over a million after the first time in like, I think five or six weeks, they weren't. So 1.038 million, which is up almost 5%, and a 0.33 in the key demo, which is uh, down a tiny bit, 2.9%. So obviously nice for them to be back up over that million. And we'll get in depth about what we thought about that show. Um, Bit of a mixed bag for me, I guess I'll say, but we'll talk about it more in depth, obviously, in our very next segment uh news that you have sir we haven't talked about what we each have so it'll be interesting today um so i saw WWE release nigel mcginnis and all the commentary shakeups. yes um so, so yeah talk about those because i had that too but talk that's about fine. the new commentary teams yeah. i guess um Do it. if i can find it where is it i have it as well okay. if you need it um i kind of remember i think so 
on Raw, I think they're going to have... Oh, here it is. Okay. So on Raw, now we have Kevin Patrick, I right. think, and Corey Graves. Kevin Patrick's the weird British guy I don't really like. Uh, and then Corey Graves is Corey Graves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then on SmackDown, it's uh, Michael Cole and Wade Barrett, which I think is pretty solid, actually. Yeah. I think that's, that's good. Uh, and then on NXT, it's Vic Joseph, who I think is fine, and Booker T, who is one of my least favorite commentators. Right. Remember Raw cycled through, like, having third commentators I hated, like Booker T yes. and Coach. Um, I think Beth Phoenix at one point. Renee Young was always okay. Um, yeah, she was all right. NXT, the third one I hated, I, I hated Percy Watson. He is the worst, and I hate Beth Phoenix. So course. that's one of my favorite things coming out of this. is as all two-man teams. Right, is that you were hating There's a lot of the third one, like, person. Yeah, Morrow and uh, Nigel were always great, too. Then you have to throw in, like, Percy Watson. And, right. Like, and, like, honestly, Vic and Barrett are fine. Yes. And then... I just think in the three-person team, there's not enough for that third person to look decent. Like, they're just kind of... Unless it is three people that are good. Like, I didn't hate Byron, Cole, Graves, because I didn't hate any of them. Yeah. I feel like most of the time that there's one that's just not good. So, yeah, so they've gone to two-person teams for each of them, which I kind of like that decision. Yeah, and Cole and Graves are going to do pay-per-view PLEs. Oh, that makes sense. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, I also have that one in there. Um... WWE apparently is looking to hire, and this is just kind of funny in light of recent events in AEW, an operations manager, and part of the gig will be to manage conflict with talent. I wonder what they're trying to get out ahead of, right? Um, so in the latest edition of Wrestling Observer, Meltzer noted that WWE has a listing for an operations manager to manage conflict within talent. Uh, this person would work with the travel department and the creative team to make sure that announcers know the key points that they need to get across for storylines. They would also negotiate with announcers, commentators I think is more accurate, and recruit new help to develop new ideas. And also there is a line in there where, quote, will have direct contact with talent and must be able to manage conflicting, sorry, conflicting egos, personalities, and concerns. So clearly they are seeing what's going on in AEW. And without Vince there to just crush any dissent, right, like which I think is the process before, um, they're looking for a new way to make sure they can deal with this so that the, the making sure commentary know what to focus on, I thought was interesting, right? Like just basically, is that part of the issue in AEW? Or are they not? I don't know where that came from. But yeah. Um, so yeah, looks like there's a new position if you want to apply. <laughs> uh, something I forgot to mention with the commentary team, but I guess it could be its own news thing. So go for um, it. Kathy Kelly's back. Uh, yeah. Yes, she is. Ba- doing backstage interviews. So that's kind of cool. She was around like a while I'm ago. I'm not going to lie. I can't remember which one she is. Because I you probably remember I, when I her. see her for sure, but I don't um, watch. So. I don't, she was she was pretty good. I don't from what I remember honestly, like I don't know, the the backstage interviews are. I mean, some of them suck, but most of them are yeah, just like most that, of them are okay. Right. Yep. So um, she's oh, that's back. the one you like. Oh, it was Charlie Caruso, right? Yes, I did like Charlie Caruso. Yeah. Um. But so Kathy Kelly's good. That's cool. Um. And apparently Jimmy Smith will be Gonzo. gone. I think. Yeah. Which I is, saw something that, solid, so that like, it kind of got leaked to him before that he was getting fired, that Triple H said something to him where he basically figured out that he was fired before he was fired. But anyways, um, so another signing WWE as a coach. Did you see this one? A guy we like that got released. Thatcher. Biff Busek. Close. I'd say that's pretty close. So Biff Busek, a.k.a. FKA, I guess. Oni Lorcan. He's now a full-time back with WWE as a coach. Oh, that's uh, lame. I mean... He's probably a very good coach. Maybe there's hope he still gets on TV in some capacity, right? They can have coaches that wrestle. Yeah, like Madison Rain in AEW, which, why is she wrestling? And, and Meltzer reported he's not a guest coach and will be there for a while as a full-time coach. So 
I mean, I really liked him in Ring, right? He worked so fast. Yeah, O'Neill Arkham was always pretty sweet. Just not a lot of charisma or personality. No, I kind of missed the faction with um, Dunn. Yeah. And uh, McAfee. I thought that worked pretty well. Yeah. Even when it was like them in Holland, which I don't like Holland, but that was even better. And anything's better than Butch. Busek was a guy I watched on the indies that I was surprised WWE signed because he just didn't quite have the look or yeah. the charisma or the mic skills. But him and Birch were solid together. They had one of those matches yes, that really they really liked were. against Undisputed yes. Era. Yes, we really too. liked that match. I remember being yeah. pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah, um, and moral of the story, anything's better than Butch. Yes, poor I Butch. hate Butch. Butch uh, makes an appearance this week. We'll talk about him. Butch makes Maybe. me want to die. I can't remember if I've mentioned him in high spots or not. But anyways, we'll talk about it. Mm. Anything else? I'll mention anyways. I mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Zelina Vega returned on SmackDown, attacking Hit Row with the debuting Legato Del Fantasma. So Legato are back, ditching Electra Lopez now with Zelina Vega, which I think is an excellent decision. Yeah, I like that too. She kind of and... like an Andrade t- take two, but then like, I think this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, actually. and then when Andrade gets fired, he can for attacking Sammy. I didn't even put that in my news, right? He he punched out, apparently, Sammy Guevara on Wednesday before Dynamite, as he pretty much said he was going to do in what people are saying is an attempt to get fired. And him back with Zelina Vega. I don't know why that combination was ever broken up. I felt that they were almost the perfect well, isn't it cause, combination. Because he left, or I guess because yeah. she started wrestling. Yes. Right. Um, she went. Didn't she go to up to main roster on her own and started wrestling? I can't remember what it was. No, no. they went up together. Together. Yeah, so they were amazing combination because, honestly, Vega's not amazing in the ring, but she can pull off a couple moves pretty well. Remember, she was always she like... She did the Hurricane Rana yeah, on SmackDown. And inter- like she would just interfere with a quick move. It would look good, and then she was his mouthpiece, and it was an amazing combination. So I, Business associate. Anyways, um, right, that's what it was. Yeah, so that's pretty cool, and um, good to see Escobar. I think they are healing again, which I think is much better. Escobar should be a star, man. Like I don't think there's any reason that guy's not a star. Um, he can even speak, obviously, but um, I don't know. I like that group. I hope they get yeah, a shot. Yeah, it's another tag. I mean, they need more babyface tag teams because the only like Street Profits, New Day, Hit Row. Right. I think he, I don't know why the Viking Raiders are heel because I think I mean it kind of works. But and Escobar can be a face because people want to cheer for him because he's cool, right? So hopefully that works out. Um, speaking of the issues with AEW backstage, that investigation with the elite and everything else is still not completed due to what is being said legal threats. With one party, we're not who sure who. could it be? Being uncooperative. Now, none of those guys are known for being uncooperative or selfish, right? So who could it be? Mm, it's never happened in the past. Right. Um, so Ryan Frederick reported on Wrestling Observer Board that there's some holdups on completing the investigation. Supposedly, it should be wrapped up soon. Meltzer followed up by saying one person has threatened legal action and been uncooperative. CM Punk! <clears throat> Sorry, the last part was... Still me, got the cough. Me edit right. I just uh, clearing my yeah. throat there. No, it happens. Yeah. Yep. So let's get this over with, man. Stop holding this up and get people back on TV that we want back on TV. But anyways, that's my opinion. Anything else? I have. That's it, actually, because I just had Legato and the uh, Kathy Kelly and the commentary stuff. So it's all you if you have anything else. Uh, last one was John Moxley signs a five-year extension with AEW yeah. going through twenty twenty-seven, and it it will. Uh, be including mentoring, coaching talent, which I think makes sense. Yeah, A, that he is willing to do that, right, is cool. Because some people are there, nope, I'm here to be a star. I'm not here to elevate other people. I'm here for me. And he does not seem to be that type of person. So that's a great guy to have as, like, your cornerstone of the company. So, again, I've we've said it, like, you're early to the big Mox fandom, and I'm recently coming to it. I think he is a professional, right? And he's just 
a guy that you can count on and build around to just make good decisions and not do stupid stuff. So I think that is a very good signing for AEW. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep. All right. So let's move into a very in-depth review of uh, this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. All right, so my first note for Dynamite was a match to start. Hooray, which made me happy because it's been a while, right? I um, think. No, it was just they did before, I think, last week because oh. it was Grand Slam with uh, Claudio. Oh, you're and, right. Uh, before Jay. that, they'd been kind of on a streak of not matches. I mean, the segments were almost all pretty good, but yeah. I still prefer a match at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. tell us about it. Um, so we open the show with MJF versus Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, and MJF definitely has, he says he's put on 20 pounds of muscle. I would say that is correct. He looked much bigger and stronger. And well, significantly much. He didn't much. brag about like Cody Rhodes and made a big deal out of it. 24 pounds of muscle. He was like, for, he wasn't like 14, 14 pounds like, of 14 pounds of muscle. <laughs> he was just like, yeah. it was so stupid. No, so and this, he, 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 looked, he looked great here, yeah. So Cody fat shames because he's like, wants to be muscly. He does. Um, no, it was uh, MJF was arm he arm wrenched you in the corner, kind of like pull him, and then he kind of like flipped him. Yeah, that looks cool. In the corner, uh, there's pendulum backbreaker by MJF changes and right into a governed suplex for two, which is kind of cool. So yeah. right there's some more strength. A uh, consecutive German suplexes by Yuta. Um, later on, MJF does like that double foot stomp to the to the arm. Um, Yuta goes for her but MJF counters with a powerbomb backbreaker for two, which was pretty sweet. Stolen from Josh Alexander, but Ro- it's okay. Roddy did it first. Alexander's looks better, but it's still a sweet move. Yeah, that's true. Roddy, the Messiah of the backbreaker. Back Fair maybe. enough. Um, there's a pin back and forth thing in Majiggy, and then a double clothesline leaves them both down. Uh, MJ goes to the Avalanche Tombstone, which he's done before, and I wanted him to do it. But then Yuta counters like a dumb little poo and <laughs> eventually hits an Avalanche Hurricane Rana. And then when MJ rolls outside, Yuta hits a suicide dive. Um, and then Yuta looks for a dive from the top back in the ring, but MJ rolls in near the other side of the ring, and then Yuta does a diving splash kind of across the ring for two, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and it, because sometimes commentary will say like, you know, he's three quarters of the way across the ring and they're exaggerating. This was pretty legit. And it was because MJF kept rolling away, right? So this was kind of like a, like a consistent thing. Like not just like, oh, it's like. Right. Because MJF was doing the heel rolling out of the way of stuff. So Yuta was like, I'm still going to get you from that far. And he did. And it looked yeah. pretty cool. Um, finish comes and Yuta goes for the seatbelt pin. But MJF counters it into the salt of the earth. Uh, Fujiwara armbar. Uh, then Yuta nearly gets a rope break. And MJF pulls him back. Does like a bridging version. And eventually gets the submission win. Um, and after the match, Yuta offers a handshake. MJF's kind of debating. Then Lee Moriarty attacks Yuta from behind. And MJF's kind of like. I didn't tell you, you to do that. You could hear him say, I yeah. didn't ask you to do this or whatever. Then Hathaway comes with Apron and I'm just kind of arguing with him as Mor- Moriarty's attacking Yuta. And then Hathaway gives him the ring and MJF is conflicted about uh, hitting Yuta with the ring. And then Regal walks the ring, putting on his brass knucks and then they, he kind of stands off with MJF until MJF kind of leaves. Yeah. Which at least he put on the brass knucks so there's kind of a threat there. It's not just like dumb old man. But thing. how do you feel about MJF like having this moment of a conscience? I don't like it. I don't either. I don't. I feel like he should could, just be pure heel and not handshake and not think about knocking people out with the ring. Could be a, I guess, messing with people again. It could be. That's what it always is. It but felt. If it's not, then I don't want it. I felt. Yeah, it felt a bit out of character for me. This whole and then the whole handshake stuff after the match happened more times in this show, right? Like it was almost like an ROH show where everyone's expected to at least attempt the code of honor. It was kind of strange, but. I mean, I really like this match. This was my 
match of the night and one again commentary because i i find i pay attention to regal on commentary because i like him quite a bit so at one point he said that um again he it makes sense he wants guys his guys to wrestle like diabolical people like mjf and he would add himself in there right like this willing to do anything because it's going to prepare them for anything in any other matches so i like that and he also at some point said that he and the other members of the Blackpool Combat Club slapped Yuta in the face regularly, so it was kind of like, <laughs> it's no big deal for him. Um, so I thought this was an excellent match. Yuta looks strong. He now looks like he's kind of at this level, right? And I don't think the loss here really hurts him. MJF picks up a quality win, showcases some grappling, some counters, right? His increased size and strength. So uh, I thought there were a couple spots where MJF, just to nitpick, was going through the motions. I even put specifically like, when he missed his clotheslines coming off the rope and stuff, they looked k- kind of half-assed to me for a couple seconds. But overall, I really thought the match, it was my match of the night. The crowd really got into it. And this wasn't, as you noticed, right, this wasn't a big venue. Like, it looked pretty small, but I thought, I don't know what the the um, capacity was, but I thought the crowd was pretty good considering it was significantly oh, yeah, smaller. Yeah, they make good noise, especially for stuff like the Acclaimed. And yeah, they were, um, they were into you, things. You reckon uh, uh, Toronto will be like that size or like... Bigger. Uh, bigger, I think. Really? And that's not even our biggest one. No, it's not at all. So I thought this was a really, really good opener with that star power, right? Like MJF back in the ring. Again, the post-match stuff, I'm with you. I'm not... I don't like MJF having a conscience or being conflicted about stuff. He is pure evil, and he should just embrace that. So I hope it is sort of that he's just messing with people. What did you think? Um, Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I think it's been a while since we've seen MJF wrestle. So, And the last time we did, he got killed by wardlow right um so i think he looked good here i like i thought they worked very well together mjf had some cool stuff i like that powerbomb backbreaker um the long distance splash was cool i think the finish was cool too i actually really like him like countering the pin into uh salt of the air right. which is pretty cool and the pin tar- that yuda has been like killing right. people with and he was targeting the arm before too so it kind of mm-hmm. um, makes sense as well and um Post-match stuff was all right. I assume that MJF being conflicted is a ruse just to, like, I don't know, get at Yuta or something like that. I hope so. On the off chance it's something, I would say no thank you. <laughs> like, why mess with you? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yes, agree. Like, heel MJF is, is gold. Um. Anyways, uh, this was a good opener. It was. Uh, oh. Then we get, like, a, a Danson Garcia jazz package, and it was kind of cool because it was, like, highlights of everyone in the match. Like, I each their starting points in AEW, right. like Guevara and Jericho from the first time the inner circle were in the ring together, um, when Garcia started with 2.0, and then uh, when Danielson started, like before Grand Slam, mm-hmm. or like around Grand Slam, and then also when um, he was starting Blackpool Comic Club, and then there's highlights of Anarchy in the Arena, and then like some of the matches, you have like Dancing versus Garcia, Garcia winning the Pure title, Jericho winning the ROH title. Right. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and then we kind of cut right to, uh, and then there's sorry, there's also um a recap of Jericho's post match promo last week after beating Bandito, and then we cut to a jazz interview. Um, and Menard says after everything they've been through together, Garcia wants to spit in their face and team with Danielson. And Parker says, uh, they love him and they are his family, and he turned his back on them. Jericho says they taught Garcia everything he knows, and lessons will be learned, and he better make the right choice. And Guevara says if he doesn't, they will end him. And then Jericho says he'll end Danielson in Toronto and remain the Ocho. No, maybe. Um, so I thought the package was solid. It was just clipping together the past stuff. I thought it was kind of cool the way I they did it. I like that too. Um, yep. Just like all their beginnings. I think they did a solid job of recapping some of the key points, not like everything, but I think some of the key points. 
Um, I'm good. Yeah, um, just I haven't been coughing much at all today, but as soon as we come down here, it's like I need to cough. So keep talking. Um, I'm trying and to so the interview cover. part was fine. I thought 2.0 spoke fine, and <laughs> Jericho was all right. Um, not much to say about that, but um, overall, it was a fine fit. Yeah, my only critique, like I like the package as well, the highlights and stuff, is that like based on what's happened the past few weeks, I'm not sure about Jay, the Jazz being so optimistic about Garcia still, because to me, it looks like it's pretty clear he's out, right? Like, Right, but maybe they're just like, trying to coerce him back or in or like the flip side is that's how badly they want garcia right they realize how good he is and they how don't talented. want him on the right. opposite side they don't want him somewhere else so i so at one point i was kind of like it bugs me a bit but then it's like if they're it kind of makes sense from their perspective is they don't want to be facing him they want him on their side because they realize how talented he is nothing about actually loving him or whatever and the thought heels. of a sports entertainer going to be a pro wrestler disgust them right if we can't have you nobody should have you kind of thing so i was okay with it yeah yeah uh then we go right to jay lethal versus darby allen wearing not unique face paint that i've seen a million times before yeah you were I not happy about that it. right because like it's just like similar face paint that he would have worn like when he debuted yeah or so like do something it cool. wasn't anything special for sure do something cool right like, is it that hard no <laughs> um no well so they had a monkey flip to darby but he kind of flipped and landed on his feet uh, and then he almost kind of knocks in the ref but doesn't he makes sure he doesn't and then when he turns around lethal it's a drop kick to the left knee and then kind of targets that more there's a leg caught german suplex by lethal and darby landed pretty cool lots yeah. of cool leg targeting by lethal i yeah. thought consistent there's an avalanche dragon screw by lethal which was interesting and then he locks in the figure four but darby gets a rope break lethal goes for the lethal injection but darby flips him over his back and then hits a code red for two which was pretty nice um dot and Singh come on the stage to distract Darby. Lisa takes advantage, but then tells him to leave. Because he said he was going to ha- need no help. Because right, Darby wanted... kind of challenged him to that. And then right. Lisa's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll yes. do it. So he didn't want any support from right. his people. Um, and then the finish comes and Darby Lisa going back and forth some pin combinations. So Darby uses the last supper, which is a pretty cool pin uh, for the win. Yeah, I... Um... And I like it better than Yuta's because I think... Well, they both look cool, but like Yuta uses that like it's a finisher. It is, yeah. And I think Darby just uses that as kind of a last resort. Right. So I kind of like that he doesn't always use it. And I mean, it's I don't mind if his... that's in rotation for Yuta, but like it feels like he uses that to finish too frequently. Like and it Darby should be like a, a last option. Kind Darby, of it seems pretty protected. Like I don't know if anyone's kicked out of that yet. Right. Have they? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think and so. And after the match, Darby offers a handshake with Lethal, takes him up on as Dutton, Singer Furious. Then Lethal walks off with them in tow. And I mean, they do keep doing the Code of Honor thing, but this one kind of works better for me because like it was the whole thing that lethal was trying to like do it on his own and like kind yeah. of showing respect to darby so i think this one like i don't know why they kept doing it but that you put but... it right after it just happened in the opening match seemed so. strange to me true but i i would say it would work here better than... yeah i i really like this match as well like i mean jay lethal's just a super consistent performer right and he again he's in the spot where he provides bigger stars with quality wins with generally like a quick kind of shallow build to it and this is another example i loved like the frequent attack of alan's leg because he just has varied believable ways to do that right lethal's just such an experience he's so smooth in the ring and then it allowed alan to do what he does best right sell overcome a whole bunch of adversity and end up winning so i thought this was a really good tv match i'm not sure about like how are you feeling about the tease of dissension in lethal's group does anyone is anyone going to really care about that? I don't care. And then what do you do with Dutton Singh? Right. After? I kind of, so I thought that was a bit strange and I don't know 
Like it just to me, all I see is okay. So now that's going to get of a bunch of attention in the next the coming weeks. And is there not a better place to put that attention? Right, is what I start wondering with this roster and the time they have. Ring of Honor. Is this where we want to go? Right. So, um, again, seemed like deja vu from the opener with the code of honor at the end. But again, the match I really enjoyed, which will be a bit of a theme on this show, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was another good TV match. Nothing that blows you away, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, like they'll have some cool bits, and if you checked it out, I don't think it would be overly exciting, but it's not like going to disappoint you. Yeah, I liked like, it. Lethal, like you said, very consistent worker. I think he did uh, well here. I think he was, uh, working the leg the whole match was a nice story, and then uh, throw thanks in part to uh, Darby selling it pretty well. Yes, for sure. Um, I like the last supper pin. It looks really cool. It did. Um, it's tricky to do with the figures because of articulation limits, but right. I think it looks really cool when he does it. Um, and Lethal seems like maybe he's turning face again, but it doesn't really matter to me because... You can just face whoever. Yeah, so Lethal's one of these guys, like, you just imagine Darby and him getting together backstage and Darby going, all right, the story, can you just, like, work my leg? And Lethal's like, sure, no problem, right? And he'll know 20 different ways to do that, no problem, and it'll all look good. So uh, he's a nice addition to the roster, I think, for sure, in the role he's in. Yeah, and then just get rid of Dutt and Satnam, and then... Yeah, I mean, some people, I don't mind Dutt as much as some people. He gets a little bit over the top at some points. But I mean, if, like, and Singh's doing keep, nothing. You can keep Dutt, but like, I mean, if he turns face, what's the use of them? And Singh's not even like an enforcer, really. He doesn't do anything, right? So I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand. No. What he unless it was does. let's grab him before WWE does and see if we can train him on the fly, sort of thing. I don't know. Which I mean, I'd rather see him suck in WWE than Me too. do nothing. Yes. Well, I'm fine with him doing nothing. I probably would prefer him doing nothing to actually trying to do something based on his yeah, experience. But like, I just don't want him there. <coughs> I mean, just like Fair get enough. him out. Um, next we get a promo cage for the Brian Cage faction. My it's note is Cage game. and the Embassy still exist because we haven't seen them since the pay per view that they since, were on. Since they became the Embassy, right? Since we got rid of Tully and replaced them with Prince. Why? Nana. Why did that happen? I don't, I, I don't know why Tully's gone. Nana's cool though. I like him. And it's that very simple gimmick of I'm a rich prince and I'm trying to sign fighters. So I have no problem with Which that. Which is why he took Gates of Agony and not a better team. Well, I mean, maybe he doesn't. Maybe the other people aren't interested, right? He signed the best people that were willing to sign with him. I don't know. Which is Gates of Agony. Yes, and Cage. Woo! I, I actually think they'd be cool in ROH if they had their own TV. Yeah. Uh, but they are lacking star power. It's just kind of roasting them. Um, no, Cage is a good... I like Cage. I, I miss Brian Cage. In ring, and we'll we, talk we, about we that match cage. next, right? Um, Prince Nana says the Gates of Agony are coming for every piece of gold around. Sure. I like Gates of Agony. Yeah, but they're just losers. There's so. certainly nothing right now, but Khan so, is I'm not saying be they're cool. not good, but they're just losers, so I'm going to make fun of them. Sure. And, and Cage <laughs> will get the TNT Championship, I wish, because I don't care about Wardlow. Um, cage says people are calling him this his comeback, but this is his rival. Does that make sense? I guess this is the real him now. I don't know. Real him has a mohawk. Okay, I guess. so no mohawk cage is fake cage. And he says, Tiny Warlow faces the machine, the, the Wolverine. And he asks who better than cage. Um, and he says, The answer will always be no one. And why do they call him a machine? Because he's cage. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because that makes sense. Or why my they favorite, call him cage? Because he's a machine. My there favorite catchphrase. That was the last, yeah. And the Chunder is like, You know why they call me cage? Because I'm a machine. Pardon? What part of a cage is a machine? But, anyways, I guess it could have a. <laughs> automatic gate or something i don't know how many cages are like that or machines i don't know um prince nana's cool i think he's pretty entertaining 
Again, these guys would fit well if you got ROH TV. And oh my goodness, I thought Brian Cage sounded fine here. And yeah, for Brian Cage, Cage, bad. Brian Cage sounding fine is like three or four notches above Brian Cage generally. Like I wasn't, I didn't hate him talking here. And usually I'm like, please stop talking. They, these guys should have the trios titles in um, Ring of Honor. Yeah. Because like. It's Dalton Castle, what are you right? Do with Dalton Who's Castle? not signed anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him tweet something about that, that he's still, I forgot, right? He's still the ROH six-man champion. Yeah, but yeah, I thought... It, give it to these guys. Normally, Cage has, like, Athena vibes talking for me, where I'm just like, please stop, because or you're... like a Roddy. I like you in the ring, but you're taking away from everything. But he sounded okay here, so that's a win for him, for sure. Because mm -hmm. he's a machine. He is a machine. And that's why they call him Cage. That's right, of course. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like that connection's so obvious, you don't even have to don't finish even need it, to say right? It. You just, right. yeah. All right. Um, so next, it's uh, Brian Cage versus Wardlow for the TNT Championship. Do I wish Cage won? Yes. This is Did the, he hit a drill claw? No. This is the match I didn't know I wanted, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. other than not getting a drill claw, because we oh. are we just sit there, we're like, drill claw, anyone. <laughs> grab grab someone from the crowd, drill claw <laughs> them. Drill the claw, claw Prince Nana and turn babyface. Right. I don't care. Because we were pretty sure he wasn't going to drill claw yeah. Wardlow. But... Drill claw anyone and everyone. Right. Anytime. Just drill yeah. claw. Literally, like, just drill claw, montage. Drill claw the ref and DQ yourself and 100%. screw the match. I don't care. Just drill but, claw anyone. But anyways, we didn't get one. Um, so a uh, host fight clothesline stalemate and trading punches as you do. Hurricane Rob by Wardlow and the Total World Head Scissors by Cage because that's something big guys they're, do. Yeah, they're just 260 pound luchadors. Mm. Jacked luchadors apparently. Uh, Cage goes for a Tiger Fang kick but uh, Wardlow catches him and slams him. World strongest slam kind of thing. Yeah, it looks uh, good. Wardlow goes for a powerbomb, but Cage counters and hits a Sido Alabama slam, which sick. is pretty sweet. It was. Uh, Whisper in the Wind by Wardlow. Homage to Jeff Hardy. Just kidding. It was, that was crazy too. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, there's two German suplexes and overhead belly to belly by Wardlow. Um, outside in superflex by Cage, because. Because okay. why not? You're just the strongest uh, yeah. man ever, I two guess. Two count. Uh, Cage goes for a drill claw, but Wardlow gets out like a dumb little. Deprived turret. us of a drill claw. The How dare you? The audacity. Yeah. He shows Cage the ropes and hits a spine buster for two off the rebound. Cage ducks that wind up layer from Wardlow, hits an F5, which yes. is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, Cage goes for a power bomb, which Wardlow avoids and hits two headbutts in that clothesline. Then some power bombs for the win. After the match, Gates of Agony attack Wardlow until Samojo runs down to try and make a save, gets overwhelmed. FTR chase off the heels. Yeah. Cool. Aftermath less impressed the match, man. I thought this match was pretty sick, and I did not expect what we got. Um, just the agility and high flying out of these guys, which you know Cage can do, and Wardlow keeps sort of showing us a little bit here and there. Uh, uh, man, this was power moves and lucha stuff. Not a common type of match in AEW because they don't have giant guys generally, and it was two of them together. So the crowd is still into Wardlow despite kind of a low profile lately. Lately, sorry, it's a lost a lot of steam for me. Just I don't. I agree. Love the title run, and I don't think it really lends itself well to a title run. No, I I thought Cage looked great here. I almost feel like to nitpick. I didn't like him taking the series of power bombs at the end. I think it should have been this guy pushed me to my limits so much and we took so much punishment. I'm going to hit one and, and end it's it. It's like he hits so many power bombs, but it's also so slow in between. Right. Like he's just like telling the crowd. It's like, that's my why issue. is it impossible for like once you get, get hit with one power bomb, right. you're just like that's susceptible exactly, to a million power bombs. Exactly part of my criticism here, right? Is you hit 
if you hit them all like consecutively without even really releasing right, him because sometimes fine. he does that like he'll power on and roll, roll them through for right him. but he does that like on like the third one into the fourth one but like, like the strutting around and mugging and hitting four of them i thought kind of negated what cage had done in this match but i really really like this match so I don't like FTR coming out in the role they came in here because, again, they're super over. They're the best tag team in the world. How are they not featured, right? Um, kind of bugs me. The aftermath I didn't really care about, but, the, man, I really, really like this match. And I, if on paper I would have been like, yeah, it should be an okay Haas fight, but I was super entertained. You? Cage should have won. He looked great here. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I think I liked it the most so far. I got to love a solid Haas fight. Plus, these guys can do some crazy stuff. I'm glad to see Brian Cage back. He's great in the ring, and I liked him again here. And um, I was really pulling for a drill claw in any capacity. They did not give that to us here. We were. Uh, nonetheless, Cage looked good here, as did Wardlow. So it's all win for Wardlow, and I, it was actually kind of competitive. Like I think it was. the Wardlow thing, generally speaking, I don't think it lends itself great to a title run. But like at least like this was kind of competitive. For so sure, it's better. And um, that's why they call him a machine. <laughs> Unfortunately, the machine broke down, I guess. Here. Yeah. So, and that's why they call him Cage. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. The post match was standard. Was the best they have for FTR. Like, just give them anything worthwhile. It's like right? anything. Anything. Like, Power. I don't preferably know. give them the titles, but yeah, I'm, I guess the titles just. I am confused. This is AEW missing something Did when they not... were doing really good before with FTR. Right, and now it's just kind of like, where can we squeeze them in? Even though they're like the most over. Chuck Dax Howard in a singles match. I don't care. Right now, your two, two of the most over acts are acclaimed and FTR. So uh, to me, you have to build to some sort of unification, even if it's babyface, babyface. I don't care, or whatever. They get all the gold. Maybe they don't unify them, but they have them all. Um, I don't think they will. It's and like maybe they're gonna get talking. to that, but like you have the two most over things are tag teams with belts. How are you not addressing that? Anyways, carry on. Mm -hmm. Uh, then we go to our um women's match of the week, mm -hmm. uh, which is Serena Deeb, Penelope Ford, Sans Kip Sabian, uh, and Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm, Willow Nightingale, and Athena mm -hmm. with wings. Yes, with oh, oh yeah, and then uh, my first note is. Dude runs out to take Athena's stupid wing backpack off, and it makes me laugh because I don't know if the, the camera was supposed to cut away, but this little like production assistant or whatever runs out and like unstraps her backpack yeah. and takes it away, which the backpack's dumb. But anyways, um, notable. Did you miss board. the Brit talking about Soraya? Yes. Before this, all she said is Soraya's not cleared to wrestle, so wrap her in bubble tape she and is. send her away. So this was them, I thought, telegraphing that. Soraya was cleared and she is now right after I think the day after Dynamite or a couple days after so I thought I saw several hints here that we're revealing that yes she is and actually I'm not thrilled I don't think because I I don't really care I, exactly and I thought if she's in this role to elevate the women's division that might be a better use for her right as a competitor I'm not that interested but anyway sorry go ahead the match starts mm -hmm. uh, Springboard crossed by the D by Athena then Storm tags and it's a shotgun drop kick to D right away mm -hmm. <laughs> yes Cor correct are you waiting for me to add something yes. there i got nothing uh, baby faces six consecutive corner moves to deeds storm has the hip attack last because that's what she do it looked good mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty awesome move at this point it's mm -hmm. so simple i can't believe more people don't do it to be honest that's because most of the time it sucks <coughs> like, i don't know it looks good here who did that looks good every time tony storm does it except and... for when she did in nxt it was horrible she sucks in NXT. she did she did. I hated her in NXT. And now I kind of enjoy her, so good for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dee hits a suplex to Athena while she has Storm's legs tied up. 
does that thing again. It was in stereo with Hater suplexing Willow as right. well. Uh, Willow gets a hot tech player on Hater, finishing with Spinebuster for two, which is solid. Could break a thing of a jiggy by Athena with one of those in one of those sequences where everyone's hitting something. Blah, yeah, blah, it's blah. like a high impact parade sort of yeah. deal. Yeah, um, which the I like. Comes when Ford goes for a handspring move, but Willow hits a basement dropkick mid handspring, which is pretty cool, and falls to the Doctor Bomb. Willow picks up the win. Uh, and then post match speaker gets in Surreya's face, and they kind of brawl for a bit, and then. Um, another telegraph as soon as there's physicality yeah. right even though she didn't take any bumps as soon as she's engaging in physicality you know she's going to be wrestling right mm-hmm. um yeah so i'm not gonna lie i really enjoyed this match as well i thought everybody looked good in here maybe not quite as much of hater as people wanted because she's super over right now too one of the more over acts on the show i think um but i thought uh that this was really good. The signature parade that we got was, wasn't perfect. Like Willow's kick wasn't great. And did you mention Ford's matrix cutter? Oh yeah, that wasn't great. It wasn't great, but it's still, I've seen it. I think she's done it on darker elevation. I've seen a highlight of it anyways, where she does the matrix like right into a cutter. That still looked kind of cool, but she kind of barely held on to it. I think there. Um, yeah. So I, I'm a sucker for trios matches in AEW. And I thought this was another one that was really good. Women's trios titles. I didn't like Soraya's involvement. I thought she was kind of pointless and didn't really add much here. Um, but again, it's becoming clear that she can wrestle. And I thought um, Shivani was hinting at it a few times here. There was a line where um, in the promo pre-match when Britt said that you're not cleared to wrestle, um, Tony said, don't know which doctor she's talking about. Like, you're not, doctors aren't close. So I was like, this is them setting it up, right? And then she, he also said, she looks to be in ring shape after the sort of uh, contact they had. So I thought they were really telegraphing Soraya being cleared to wrestle and also like just logically would they sign her if she can't wrestle I don't think she's worth signing if she can't wrestle I mean her role change in the division I guess is interesting but it's not like a defined role and they they sort of leaned away from the whole um she's going to revolutionize the division or whatever which I felt they they hit too hard last week so bottom line I really like this match the Soraya stuff I don't really care that much about but I I really liked Willow picking up the win and the doctor bomb is sick, right? So she's different. She's got like, um, she's got this optimistic upbeat Bailey thing kind of thing where I feel like we already kind of know more about her than some women who've been there for, like a long t- for a long time, right? Like she actually has some sort of character going for her where she's like easygoing, happy, positive, but then in the ring, she can be a killer. And I think that's cool. And the crowd seems to connect with her. I've seen her on the indies quite a bit, and she always connects with the crowd. So I think AEW needs to recognize that, and sort of she would be someone I would focus on um, going forward in the women's division. Anyways, I'm yammering. What did you think of this match? Hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was a solid match. There were only a couple of sloppy bits, but most of this, most of this was pretty good. Um, I thought, um, I think it was just thing I noticed. It didn't like feel like anyone really came out of it looking better just because like, like, everybody uh, looked good but nobody was like the star i, I feel like sometimes there's like a standout right i think they showcase will a lot more and she looked good but i don't think she looked like she like stood out a ton like athena kind of did in um in the four-way at grand slam because remember she actually looked really good right in that. she did um and i feel like maybe hater storm should have stood out here but um they didn't no. which is fine like the, again they look good but i just feel like one of them should have got more perhaps yeah i thought it was interesting in the beginning because it was like i told you they they were clearly building to hater tagging in which is on the heel team but they didn't but it and then she got in it wasn't yeah i feel right. like she was underused a bit but yeah. still good yeah and then the post match i didn't really care for as well same uh then we get a interview with Rush and private party where's andrade 
Um, <laughs> sent home on his couch, Where is waiting he? for his release. <laughs> waiting. Uh, Jose says he called them in because Private Party haven't been doing their jobs, and he shows clips of Roosh and Hangman fighting, and Private Party didn't help out, and then uh, something else, too. Don't care. And Jose says they know Matt Hardy has been contract tampering and tells them to do the right thing. It was fine. It's obvious where this goes. I don't care. I know. This felt just lame. Like, always contract tampering, because that's a thing in wrestling, right? Whatever. I guess it is if you're contacting AEW people. Right. So, again... Yeah, sure, I guess, but like, it's hard to care. This was just yeah. there for me. I think you too. I saw on Rampage, Matt Hardy was talking to Ethan Page because of like they because they told, um, Jose and whatever. So like, that is not at all what I wanted. Ethan I just Page don't need any Hardys in my life. I wanted Ethan Honestly. Page to have a title match next week. And me too. I don't think we're. I don't think it. we are either. Like, I don't know. Can Ethan Page just do anything next week? I want to see Ethan Page next week. Me too. Or um, do like a... We'll be there. Randomly bring the North for some reason. We will be at Dynamite next week, folks. So yes. our review next week will be interesting because I don't we'll know how we'll do it. Just watch it again, I guess. Maybe. Or just go off someone else's notes for once, maybe. We'll see. Because yeah. I'm not sitting there taking notes, that's for sure. Imagine. No, I'm saying we watch it again. Yeah, we might. It's but possible. Not, I don't know why. It, it would be interesting to see that perspective, right? I don't know who takes notes while, while they're there. Though. Not me. I think John Pollock of... um post-wrestling might yeah. i think he's known for sitting in the crowd taking notes yeah well, that's but i'm not doing it weird yeah well yeah but you don't take notes on dynamite anyways that is correct that is your gig uh next we get the national scissoring day thing yep um so bowen says welcome to the first annual national scissoring day watch them forget about this next year the crowd so many scissors in the crowd pete like so pete this 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 is the most overact maybe right now in this company. Mm-hmm. People loved it. He says it's a special night brought to you by the acclaimed, the most popular team in pro wrestling, the winningest team in AEW, the most the best homegrown team in AEW, and uh, their shirt is the top selling shirt of 2022. Yep. Which I think came out like what after All Out, so it's been like out for like a month or something. Right. And it's like the best selling shirt they got, so that's kind of cool. Um, Bowen says they brought home gold, and that means AEW stands for acclaimed every Wednesday, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, kind of like a walk with Elias thing. Yeah. Uh, Bowen says it's cause for celebration, and they celebrate by scissoring. Yep. And like how they keep saying it like scissoring, because like <coughs> there's other terms for that. Yeah. So sexual I, I, connotation. I like how they make it sound like. Cause I, I think that's kind of funny. That's right. a nice little nod. Um, he says scissoring is a handshake and a sign of friendship, and it's a sign of a real team. Unlike two guys going together like Swerve and Keith Lee, which is partially true. Yeah, it's not a bad point. Um, Bowen says this isn't Swerve's house. And Billy Gunn says it's Daddy Ass's house. And Gunn presents the acclaim with big golden scissors. Um, Caster tells everyone to scissor the people next to them. And he talks about <laughs> Washington winning Super Bowl 17 since his dad was on the team. Right. Achieved greatness like they did winning the tag titles. And Caster says they want to unite everyone in this. And everyone loves the acclaimed. And Caster says they'll do the first bipartisan scissor, but Swerve comes in, cuts it off, and says this is the most indie thing he's seen. Oh, Swerve was such a good, so good heel vibes here, man. Mm-hmm. Like he's Swerve says sick. the title should be on Billy because he and Lee would have retained. Fair. We're we're not for uh, guns interference, which I think is a valid point. I agree. I I do like that they're addressing it, and Swerve challenges Gun to a match next week in AO Toronto. Uh, not thrilled about that. Swerve though, we do get the heel Swerve, so that's yeah. cool. Um, and then Sterling comes out saying he told you so, saying Swerve was a jerk, and he says 
you claim need to him to beat Swerve because they can't by themselves, which is kind of his line of paper beats rock when he came out. Oh, was that pretty, was pretty funny. That was about the best part. Rock, I thought. Yeah, yeah paper, for him. rock paper scissors in here. Yeah, so that's kind of funny. And Sterling proposes they join together and unite against Swerve, and so they beat up Sterling, and then Gunn accepts the challenge, and they do the triple scissor. Um, so that was kind of funny. Like Sterling's against Swerve and. They're both heels now, but then, like, still, they're going to beat the crap of Sterling. Cause... Right, because you've got cool heel in Swerve and, like, nerdy heel in Sterling, right? So those things don't mm-hmm. work together very well. Um, I thought this could have been tightened up a bit in terms of length, but there was some entertaining stuff within it, right? Like, I don't think it was all gold, but the, the crowd definitely loved this. This was a lot for the people in the arena, I think. Um, they really hit the homegrown thing hard. I think maybe in response to AEW getting some criticism lately for bringing in so many WWE wrestlers, right? Is this is like, we've been here the whole time. Um, We haven't really been anywhere else other than out on the indies. So there were times where I lost focus on this a little bit. I'm not going to lie, but there was some entertaining bits in here as well. So I think if they had shaved a couple minutes off of it, it would have been even better. And I really liked Swerve coming in. I didn't like him physically having the rock. I thought that was kind of lame, but I think like Swerve as a heel is awesome. I really think he's um going to be a strong heel performer for them if they use him correctly. So overall, a good segment. They trimmed it down a bit. I probably would have liked it better. What about you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I thought it was a solid segment. I thought um the promos were okay. They didn't. I feel like there wasn't like a. They didn't say a whole lot content wise. Like I feel like they were. They said a bunch of things, but there wasn't like much of a point to it. And like, also, I like. I think it was good. Like it was yeah, entertaining, but I, I agree. I didn't see like much like of having a point yeah like what were they actually saying i did like this they were sort of all about inclusivity stuff that was cool cool. and bowen's obviously being the first gay champion like that kind of stuff is Mm -hmm. that's cool that that's kind of baked in there for sure yeah and then i thought i thought it was generally entertaining because everyone does love the acclaimed uh they do very apropos catchphrase yep Mm -hmm. and i thought swerve did really well uh he'll Swerve, very nice. And while I don't care to see Billy Gunn, nice to know I'll get to see Swerve there next week. And it could be a solid match. Anyways. And because like so. they're so over as faces and he's so strong as a heel, like I'm starting to get excited about like where they can go with this, right? Like mm-hmm. it could be a very hot match. I guess match the feud up. is kind of tied up. So. Yes. Right. I don't know where Keith Lee was. Did no. he have hurricane issues this week? Could be. His turn. <laughs> they're so- trading off. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's a dark or death triangle uh, package thing. Uh, Reynolds says Rampage is a bittersweet night for them because it's the two year anniversary of Brody Lee's last match, which is the dog collar match. Right. Um, with Cody with black hair for one match. Right. And one match only. Yep. And but it will be the night the Dark Order are going to win the trio titles. No. Uh, Pack says Dark Order's recipe is fine, but Death Triangle uh have the best ingredients and they are the top trio. And Dark Order won't take the titles from them. And Ten says what better way to win the titles than on the anniversary of Brody Lee's last match? And Penta says they are the best, Saramieto. It's kind of like one of the things cutting back and forth. And Silver does a pack impression saying they're coming for the titles on Friday. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That was pretty funny. I wonder if Ten was supposed to lose his mask and where they're going to go with that, right? Or was Andrade supposed to, like, that was his lose and will release you? But then why did he, anyways, it doesn't matter. But I, this was super quick, right? And I thought it was a nice combination. Silver was serious. Pac was his super intense bastard, and then Silver was funny at the end. Ten stuff was kind of forgettable as far as I'm concerned. So, I don't know. I had no problem with it. It was really fast. And I was... Silver at the end was the right person to end with because he's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was solid for a Rampage match build. It was solid. Um, should be a cool match, but not something I'm like going to need to check out. The match uh, will be fun, Sil- yeah. Silver was amusing. Yep. I saw Pac cheated again, thanks to Roosh. He's a bastard, man. Thanks to Roosh, though. Oh, yeah? Roosh gave him the hammer. 
Nice. That he cheated with last time. Nice. Interesting. Because Roosh needs something to do now that Andrade's gone, right? Death Rhombus. Right. There you go. It's coming. My favorite faction name. The Return of Death Rhombus. And we haven't had a Death Rhombus yet. No. Unless you count Alex, but I do not count him as a Death Rhombus. No. Someone said Death Square, and then I was like, that's lame. Go Death Rhombus. Right. Or Death Parallelogram, but I don't think that was the Rhombus is death, where it's at. Death Trapezoid. Yes. No, Rhombus. Yeah, the Death best. Rhombus is my favorite one. Don't know where I heard it. Don't think I created it. So I, w- I would give credit, but I don't oh, remember where I heard it. It makes me laugh. I don't so. think it was me. I think it was someone it else. It amuses me greatly. I'm not that smart. No. Kurt can confirm. It amuses me greatly. Me too. Uh, next, we have a Mass Rain Sky Blue interview. Hold because? Because everyone loves the acclaimed. <laughs> I guess, I mean, them, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Rain says in the months since she's gotten here, she's seen endless potential in the women's division. Sure. And that's that's valid. And especially in Sky Blue, who's of all people. a rising star. Uh-huh. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm going to... Just a totally you say so, with, Madison. I'm gonna Rain. definitely agree with that. Even though I don't think Madison Rain's that good, I'm sure she can identify yeah. excellence in others. Anna Jay and Ty Conti interrupt, and, and they're Mean Girls because that's such a creative, clever gimmick. Sorry, so, Anna J A S and Ty Mello. Breaking new ground, right? Mm-hmm. They're just mean. They interrupt and laugh at Rain training pro wrestlers and say Sky Blue could use a sports entertainer coach Ugh. to add some charisma and personality, which she could use, but not. In this a- agreed. Way. Um, Sky Blue challenges them to a tag match on Rampage. They accept. Jay says, sports entertainers always be pro wrestlers, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this was kind of lame. Honestly, I didn't care much for it. Still think Anja is really bad in this role. She is. And the whole, like, Jay and Conti being like, because, the, the, like, I feel like when Jericho's talking the whole sports entertainers, like, it feels like he's kind of natural in it. I still don't like it a lot, but well, I still think Well, then he has decades of being a sports right. entertainer. And these, like, they're saying, like, they're going, like, Sports entertainers always be pro wrestlers, and you should be a sports entertainer. Like, it just feels so unnatural when they're saying it. it. Just feels so weird. And also, Sky Blue Rising Star, my ass. That is a bad joke. Yeah, I don't. This again felt, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of unnecessary. I, yeah. You're building to a match I don't care about on the show I don't watch. So <laughs> that's all I have to say yeah. about that. I guess. <laughs> it's I don't know, the whole thing was just not good. Uh, next we get Hangman Page versus Roosh Torblanco. My boy Roosh. And call him that because he's a machine. With some sort of something all over his back, as we noticed. Lots of acne there. Yeah, it looks like it. But it's just weird because it doesn't it look... It doesn't look like... It doesn't look like he takes steroids. You would expect like, that back to be on Brian Cage, not Roosh. Right. Or like, <laughs> if what when saying. you pointed out on Morrissey, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yes. With Roosh, it doesn't... It just looks like he's like in good shape. And it was super bad on uh, Luchador in Ring of Honor when I was watching it. Oh, Flamita, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Flamita Dark was all of a sudden he was like forty pounds bigger and like jacked with acne all over his back. Yeah. Suspicious. Um, so then some levels there was a chop exchange, a rush whips and chokes hangman with the camera cable on the outside as he does. Classic. Followed slam by hangman later on a Death Valley driver, which was pretty nice, kind of a high angle. Yeah, it was uh, more vertical two. than yeah. usual. It looked mm-hmm. awesome. Like a brain buster esque mm-hmm. kind of deal. Yes. Uh, Heyman goes for the box shot, but Roosh meets him with a headbutt, followed by a jumping knee strike and a straight jack pile driver for two. That was a really nice combination. Roosh aims for the bull's horns, but Heyman blasts him with the clothesline, then a buck shot for the win. Yeah. Um. Oh, did you want to wait for the post match? Right. Um. Post match. Private party arrive, looking like they might attack Heyman. Then Mox walks out, and they kind of leave. Mox grabs a mic and says he's been waiting for this for three years, three years of dynamite, and he's been watching Hangman for three years. 
they've been circling each other, and between the two of them, they've beaten the best in AEW except for each other. Mm-hmm. Hard to believe they've never faced up. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. And I like but... him pointing it out. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised, but... um. And he says, on October 18th in his hometown, there will be one last man standing left in AEW. And the crowd kind of got a reaction for that. So I feel like it could be perceived as that's the match type. I don't think they do. I don't think so I don't either. Think so. But anyways. And in 13 possible. days, he will show up and break Hangman's face. He says he'll beat his face in until he turns blue because Hangman stands in the way of him staying the world champion, being the best in the world. Ooh, interesting choice of words there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like it. Uh, and he says he respects Hangman, but when the bell rings, all that goes out the window with the title on the line. And he's about to exit, and Hangman says the Mox has been waiting so long. Where's he going? And the Mox says Hangman's a sweet kid, but like most, he says stuff that gets him in trouble. He says he'll let him off the hook this time, but he better be ready in 13 days, and says watch his mouth. Right. Um, I thought this was a solid match. I really was looking forward to it, so it kind of under-delivered for me. Surprisingly, my least favorite match of the show to this point. Not to say that it wasn't fine. Um... But I think undoubtedly there's a better match in between these two in there. It's just kind of indicative of Roosh's position right now, right? He's talented for sure. And I think an awesome heel, but he's just not at the point where he's going to receive a push because I don't think they've decided quite what to do with him. And then Andrade being doing what he did, I don't think is helping Roosh either because that was sort of his partner in crime here. So uh, like a good match, a solid TV match, but definitely not what they're capable of. And then the post-match, I thought, like, leave it to Mox, right? He grabs a mic, cuts a promo that puts Hangman over multiple times, um, helps build their match, pointing out that, that they've been circling each other but never faced each other, um, and then laying out his really simple motivations, right? He's the best. I'm the top guy. You're in my way of being a top guy. No offense, but I'm going to take you out and continue being the top guy. And then I liked Hangman's, re- like, really simple reply was pretty great, too, Um and so Mox just has find, found a way, like, this is why he's maybe a genius, right? He's taken all of these backstage issues in the company and sort of folded it into his character right now, right? He's taking this, I'll be the locker room leader, I'll be the face of the company, I'll be the guy you can count on, and I'm just going to keep beating people to prove it. And I think it's super simple, realistic, and I really like it, and the guy is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I thought it was pretty good. I thought they, these guys worked well together. I wish it was a little longer, though, because I feel like they could have done a lot better. Hangman didn't get to say much at all, right? He was really quick in this. No, no, in the match. Oh, the match, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, I agree. That was um, part of it. It was yeah. like I, I felt like another like a, five to eight minutes were missing here. A lot more in a better match, but 100%. I think it was good for what we got. Um, and there were some cool bits. I should have said some more time. I think both of them could have showcased a bit more for sure. And the finish was solid though. Um, Mox post match promo was good for the usual. I'm looking forward to that match a little more. Hangman didn't really say a lot, but I thought Mox did really well, so it's all good. Yep. Should be a great match. He's all good. Um, next we got Willow Nightingale interview, and she says she's on a roll and she wants to challenge for the TBS title at Battle of the Belts, which was yesterday. Right. Um, and Cargill and the baddies interrupt. And Cargill says she hasn't she already beaten Willow twice in singles and tag match. And Willow says she has, but can she do it a third time? And Cargill's so confident that she'll be thirty nine and oh, but what if she ends up being thirty eight and one and Willow is the one? Um I, I don't think it was so. Fine, I guess, but I would have expected maybe a place where our challenge was Willow facing Storm. I guess this works too. At least a smidge of a bill for Battle of the Belts. Right. Um, Which there's been can't none. Can't say I have any interest in this at all. Like literally, when she said she wanted a challenge, my instant reaction was, "Didn't she lose already?" She did. And then they they mentioned that in the promo, yeah. right? Um, I I'm just happy that 
Willow's on again, right? So she picks up a win for her team and gets to talk. So this is them making an effort to maybe build a new woman in this division, which they need to do, and Willow's cool. So again, her character's kind of refreshing and a little bit unique here. Um, and again, she's someone they should focus on. So we already know, again, more about her than we do lots of other women on this roster. So I'm just glad that she's... Whoa, we know that Sky Blue's a rising star. Why didn't right. you mention that? And obviously, I assume Willow doesn't win against Jade, but at least it's getting her more exposure, right? That we can build her into something because she's a good baby face performer, and those are hard to find in wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, so next we go to Luchasaurus, Black Clad uh, versus Fuego del Sol, Choke Slam, Burning Hammer, which they called the Cutthroat because you kind of do it with like um oh, yeah. goes arm over his own neck so right and they call it the cutthroat which is kind of yet cool. another new finisher right it was like it was just kind of like an invert of the fossilizer mm -hmm. which i kind of liked too but i mean either either or is cool yeah it's a good big man finish for mm -hmm. sure at least he's got like a couple of those then they both beat the tar pit the tar pit that was still a sick name though and we're gonna get jungle boy luchasaurus right right uh, luchasaurus is going to attack by going but jungle boy attacks him with a chair and sends him out of the ring uh, Jungle Boy Shun says Luchasaurus was his best friend after everything they went through. He chose Cage and it broke his heart. Now he will break Luchasaurus and piece by piece until he breaks him. Uh, he says, pick the time and place and he'll be ready. Cage says he told Jungle Boy not to come back this week and it would be just as easy for them to beat the crap out of him again right now. But he said to pick the time and place and then Jungle Boy's national capital, DC, right now. He says instead they'll do it next week in his hometown in Toronto. Right. Um, how is your anticipation levels of this match because i'm like i don't know how i feel about it this was just I'm a squash. looking forward to it i mean jungle with source should be cool because at least there's like yeah some story there and it'll be beyond a squash for luchasaurus which true i, I just feel like fun. it was paused for a bit and when it was kind of interesting i guess the christian injury kind of yeah derailed i, I think stuff, it's but... all right like i mean i wish they tack something else onto this you think but... jungle boy wins when we're there or are they going to drag than, this out? Yeah, but I mean, it could go either way. Could be Christian yeah. affects the outcome, continue the feud, drag Will it out. get cheered, probably. But um, yeah, it probably will. So yeah, I mean, this was just a squash that was to further the angle, and it wasn't really about the match, and it was fine. I it thought Jungle Boy, Toronto, sounded, so that's all right. Jungle Boy sounded good. Also, I saw in Battle of the Belts that we're getting Storm and Cheetah versus Baker and Hater next week. Oh, cool. So... That's all right. Yeah, I like that. Because they took out Cheetah, so I guess it never really happened. Apparently, she's the top-selling merch for women, is what I saw. Cheetah? Yeah. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's what I I'd saw. I'd expect it to be Baker. Me too. Um. So yeah, Jungle Boy cut a solid promo. It was pretty short, but I thought he did a good job. He did. And then Cage was solid too. Another match for Toronto next week, So and it sounds good, so. All right. Hope so. I'm in. Um. Next, we have Pack Trent Beretta package. Trent Beretta, as I will always refer to him as, says he calls himself... Or Pat calls himself a bastard because he makes mean faces and needs hammers when it matches. And Trent Beretta says he's out for revenge. Uh, Pat says he's a bastard and what did he expect? Yeah, uh, and exactly. Trent Beretta says he doesn't need a hammer to win and best friends do the hands-in thing. Um, It was fine pretty quick. It's just kind of funny because uh, Battle of Belts of Raptor Rampage, so Pac's just kind of being thrown all over the place because he's yeah. on both shows. And Double Pac, title defenses, I guess. Pac is just the coolest, man. I just enjoy everything he does. I'm sure he's successfully defending here because who the heck is Trent lately? Trent Bretta. Right. But um, yeah, Pac is just awesome. I love him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is pretty good um, for a short bit. Um, then we go to our main event, which is Ring of Honor World Champion Chris Jericho and Timmy Guerrero versus Ring of Honor Pure Champion Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson. Correct. Who they made the point has held both of those titles simultaneously. Right. And they look very similar. Like I think the the the, the ring the pure title has like a bit of a curve on the outside of the faceplate. Mm -hmm. 
and the Ring of Honor title doesn't, but they're like pretty similar. I used to think they were like just the exact same shape for a while, but they're just like really similar. Yeah. And the tag titles look pretty similar too. Wouldn't it be funny if someone held all three of those titles? Then they'd all look like almost the same. Just stack them up, one on top of each other. Yeah. And you wouldn't even of, know. That'd be kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, um, Garcia toys with Jericho and they're like going out, just out wrestling him with like hold, technical holds and whatnot. And then they have a brief chop exchange. Right. So that's again, kinda that's kind of cool because that's your like wrestler out wrestling your sports entertainer, right? So that mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, Danielson locked Jericho and Cattle Mutilation, which I just thought like that's a really cool name for it. Which it, WWE it fits would not him allow. Because um, vegan. Yes, he couldn't. He couldn't uh, use that name in WWE. Really? No. That's fine because it's also named that in the game too. It's cattle yeah. mutilation. Yeah. That's the only reason I knew that name already. Because yeah, I knew cool. it just from the Indies. And then there's like the dance and specials is kind of cool. So it's like he does it like he's about to do like a double on. He looks like he's about to do like a tiger bomb mm-hmm. or something. But then he like kind of like so he's kind of like a double unhook and then he like kind of spins him out into like an arm bar. Yeah. So it's kind of cool because it's like a. It's like a double hook suplex into an armbar. Everything which is he does cool. is cool. Let's be real. Yeah, I got, I like, I went back to using Daniel Bryan said the because in two K they have um Brian Danielson from the two K showcase, but it's like um Brian Danielson because uh in two thousand three he faced Cena on Velocity or something. Yeah. So they have like wow. a a young Brian Danielson there. Yeah. And so I was using that for a while, but then I I started I'm using Daniel Bryan again, and so I I edited his move set to have like. Um, more of the yes kicks because yeah. there's like an alternate version that I applied as a strong strike. And then I put in cattle mutilation as a ground submission. Then this um inter- this cool Fujiwara armbar kind of looking thing. Yeah. And then um also he's got like one of his signatures is like an Achilles lock. Yep. And then he's got yes lock. And then also the I put in the dance and special. Nice. And I can just I'm getting good at just like targeting the crap of the arms. Cause I'm like kind of like dancing in like That's actual fun. matches. I can yeah. just I'm getting good like getting. I got like a bunch of arm target moves, and then I got like those all those submissions to target the arms or something. Yep. I'm like getting pretty sick at it. I a million it. moves to target any limb or any body part. The crap. I do need some more leg moves because he's also he's got the one leg submission. But yeah. Anyways, I'm pretty sick. Good for you. Yeah. Proud of you. And I had him win a tournament for the NWA title because I found <laughs> like a cool NWA title that looks really good yeah. like, a while ago. So. That's cool, because sometimes they look bad. Like, I found a Ring of Honor title, but it looks kind of funky. Yeah. Make one yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I don't have the images. Now I can't. It's going to be harder, because there's no online creations anymore, because obviously, new 2K. They're getting ready for the new one, yeah. Or, well, the current one out. Yeah. Anyways, back on track. <laughs> yes. Um, Jericho gets out of cat emulation. Um, Gavar goes for a dive, but Danson's high steps. It's a German suplex, then a running dropkick in the corner, as he does. Um, Avalanche Spanish fly by Guevara for two classic uh garcia and jericho tag in then they stand off and it's kind of funny uh guevara tries to interview diving in but just garcia intercepts with a punch which is pretty nice sell from guevara i thought yes it was um jericho and garcia trade shots and garcia hits a slap and a saido suplex sorry doomsday doomsday, doomsday saido how dare you <laughs> um garcia locks jericho on the dragon tamer which i find weird he's, they're still calling the dragon slayer because now he's with danson but i guess it yeah it'll stick i think yeah, still. i guess um and guevara takes him off with a super kick uh, Garcia goes for a diving cutter, but Garcia catches him in a crossface, and then Jericho tries to interfere with Danson, puts him in the lapel lock, basically the same thing. Then when the heel is trying to get a submission, stereo, hammer and, hammer and elbows from Garcia and Danson. I wish that was a move in 2K. I would put that in. Oh, yeah, one of the things I have, they do have a version of the move where, you know, he does, like, the wrist trap stomps. Yes. He kind of stomps him in the chest instead of the face in the game, but it's the same thing. Got to work so, safe in WWE. Okay? Right. Because <laughs> um, I think it's first in Kyle O'Reilly's moveset. Anyways. 
Um, Garcia counters uh, the GTH and uh, nails Guevara with a pile driver for two with Jericho breaking the pin. Jericho suplexes Danson to the timekeeper's table. There's a gnarly GTH by Guevara that looked really looked nice. Looked crazy, yeah. Um, and then he goes for shooting star press, but Garcia gets the knees up and locks in the dragon Perfectly. tamer. And Garcia's a little, a wee bit too close to the ropes with the dragon tamer. The ref is looking at Guevara. Um, Jericho hits Garcia with the Ring of Honor title, and Guevara covers him for the win. Yeah. Um, very good main event. Not quite. I was still hoping for more here, but I, I liked it. Um, we've seen, maybe part of it is we've seen so much Danielson Jericho lately. We've also seen a lot of uh, Garcia mixed in with those. So the, it definitely wasn't the freshest matchup, but still an enjoyable match like, to nitpick a couple times. Garcia clearly angled himself towards the ropes to get interfered with. There was two times he did that. I thought it wasn't, he wasn't in the right space. So he kind of moved himself over. Uh, and I guess the, the Ring of Honor champion cheating nonstop to win is that storyline, right? Because this is supposed to be the honorable company and the honorable champion. Right. And he's the exact opposite of that. Um, it doesn't interest me a ton, but it makes sense. So yeah, I thought it was a, a good to very good main event. But again, I still preferred the opening match on this show. But that's not to say that this wasn't a good match because I think it was. You? Um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good main event. Um, one of the better matches of the night. And I thought Garcia looked pretty good in this one. Um, which is why well, I was surprised he took the fall, but I guess cheating again. Right. I don't mind the cheating finish. I just don't love that the belt shot. I don't think it looked good enough to warrant just a pin off of that. I feel like you should have followed up with something. Right. And then that's all right. But the cheating aspect makes sense. Uh, it gives me a slight feeling that maybe Danielson wins next week because typical rule of thumb is make the loser look strong. I think they want to give Toronto something to the first time they come to Canada. But that's also, my... I feel like Jericho's a Canadian boy. I know. So. But I still think Danielson's going to be super over That's too, true. and it'll give like us a moment, right, that we get right. there. So I, I don't know. It's just a Danielson feeling. Danielson the Ring of Honor title after however long, right? Um, some solid spots in this. Guevara had some good ones. Garcia was, had some nice counters too. Solid main event. Um, I thought it was good. Yep. Uh, overall, I thought this show was really strong in ring standpoint. Like other than the Luchasaurus squash, which whatever was like thirty seconds, I thought every match on this show was good and enjoyable. Again, the opener, MJF Yuta, was my favorite by a considerable margin, but I thought everything else was good, too. The only real segment that got any time or attention, and maybe a little too much, was the acclaimed segment. And it was, it was still entertaining overall. There were things that I thought they could have cut out of it, but um, definitely enjoyable. And then there were no real other major segments, right? It was all just quick-hitting little interviews and segments and things. So added all together, I can't quite give it an A because I don't think there was anything segment-wise that, that blew me away but it's a b plus show i thought it was excellent in ring really happy to see the women's match was really entertaining um and that willow again got to speak a little bit more sort of more women in this show than some other episodes but lacking any really compelling promos although i really like the mox page when i guess so i'll still stick with my b plus but i i would say it was pretty close to an a minus as well really good show again this week mm -hmm. you um yeah i think it um it was better than last week with like i think none of the matches were bad i think all of them hit uh, I think my favorite was either the TNT title match or the opener. Oh, yeah. The Wardlow cage match was... Wardlow cage was pretty sweet. Was sick. And those two were really nice. The women's match uh, delivered pretty well. The main event was good. Lethal and Darby had a solid one. Hangman Bruce was a little short, but still good. And the squash was a squash. And um, the most sustained segment was the acclaimed one. And that, that one was pretty solid. And you had a bunch of small segments, which most of them were good. I think the, like, sky blue, no, no thanks. <laughs> right. And um and the private party stuff don't really private care. Private party don't care. And Willow's okay, I guess. 
So I think all around it's a pretty solid show. Um, not quite an A, but I think a B plus. We agree. agree. Yeah. Nice. All right, well, let's shift gears and take a look at some trivia challenge. Jack in what we call off the top of his head. All right, I don't know if we've tackled this topic before specifically, but I feel like it's come up before. But again, I'm now 116 weeks into making and or finding trivia. So if it's a duplicate, sorry, again, timestamps are there. But have we done... Um, we're going to talk about NXT TakeOver main events. Okay, so main event matches. I don't know if we've touched on this before or not. So would you rather start the most current they have? Because again, I'm going with Cultaholic here, so I don't know how up to date they are. Or would you rather start at the beginning? We'll go know? back like from current, that seems. Back from current? Yeah. Okay, so the most current they have is TakeOver 36, so not super so that current. Would be the la- that would be the last TakeOver. Oh, right. So they are current. Yeah. I forgot can't takeovers are finished now. So what I'll tell you is like what the match type was sort of thing. And you can give me the participants. Main event. And yeah, so just the main event. So it was for TakeOver 36 and NXT Championship match. Cross and Joe. Cross and Joe is correct. Uh, winner was? Samoa Joe. I don't even have that on here, but I trust that you know. So TakeOver In Your House 2021. Looks like oh, it, it was, was a five-way, five-way that match. That we loved. So who, that oh, was awesome. Where the one guy got taken out for a long yeah. time. And uh, who was cross that? Cross one. It was Cross, Don Gargano, Cole, O'Reilly. Right. That match was awesome. R.I.P. Pit. I actually, it was really good. I actually went back to watch it. Like, I remember the one time it was raining. That match was awesome. It especially was when Cross was out because Cross sucks. But that was awesome. That was also when Pete Dunne Because they threw him through the door, right? Right. Yeah. And like there was those sequences with like the double teams. And it was it, awesome. It was so good. And that was when Pete Dunne wore the all-white gear. Which Pete Dunne is, is cool. Yeah. Takeover Stand and Deliver Night 2. Unsanctioned. Uh, was that Balor? Wait, no. Oh, wait. Unsanctioned mm. match. Was that Cole and O'Reilly? Correct. And O'Reilly won, right? Right. Uh, stand and Deliver Night 1. It was, do you remember? Raquel and Io. Or is it Balor? It was Cross? Raquel and Io. Yeah. The and, NXT uh, Women's Championship match. Raquel won, right? It doesn't have the winners here. Oh, right. I I'm trusting know. you. Uh, I think that's when Raquel won. I'm pretty sure. Takeover Vengeance Day, NXT Championship match. Um... Oh, yeah, Balor and Dunn. Wow, you're good. That is correct. Uh, take over War Games 2020. Um, Undisputed Era versus the brand or the kings of NXT, whatever. Which was who? We know who. Uh, McAfee, Dunn, Lorcan, Birch. Yeah, Oni Lorcan getting a shout out twice on a- Arrow, episode 116. Yes. Uh, NXT TakeOver 31 championship match. Um, oh, that was Balor and O'Reilly, the Correct. first one. Wow, you're good. I'm, I don't know if you're going to miss any. Although maybe as we go further back, you'll miss. Take over 30, NXT Championship match. Oh, Keith Lee and Cross. Correct. Right? I that forgot was, that was that one where Cross actually. got injured. Oh, right. Uh, take over, and we didn't really like it. Take over in your house 2020. Mm. Women's Championship match. Oh, that's when EO won it. Though. It was EO, Charlotte, and Ripley. Correct. Wow, I would not remember that either. I remember. Take over Portland. Um, Championship match. Oh, Champ and Cole. Correct. Wow, you're good. Take over Blackpool 2. UK oh, Championship UK. match. Oh, this one I forgot about. I might get you here. UK Championship. I'm sure you know who the Blackpool champion was. Blackpool 2. Was it? So this would be 2020s. Yes, I think. Would it be Walter? Correct. Okay. Facing. This is where Not we get Tyler you. Tyler Bate. That was Cardiff. No, correct. Um, Not Tyler Bate. Hmm. Oh, was it Joe Coffey? Correct. Okay. It's kind of like you go, 
who else was like a top so. of the card in UK? It Ironically, Joe Coffey also was in Blackpool one, but I guess we'll get right. to that. Uh, Takeover War Games 2019. Undisputed Era versus Champa, Dijakovic, um, Keith Lee, yes. and Kevin Owens. Correct. I forgot about that too. Holy yeah. cow, you're good. Uh, UK Takeover Cardiff. Uh, Tyler Bate and Walter. Correct. That match was pretty sweet. Takeover. That was when he kept like power bombing them in the ring post. Or Every something. Walter match is sweet. Let's be real. Or like that was in the build up. Remember they kept like power bombing him and sending yes. him in the ring post or whatever. Yes. Something like that. Takeover, Toronto two. Oh yeah, Colin Gargano and the two out of three balls. Right. Is that the one we were at? Yeah. Yeah, we were there. Where they like jumped off the cage at the same time. That was a fun match. Yeah. Man, that was when I realized how much people loved undisputed era because it was like before we're even getting in the arena you see their stuff everywhere Remember people after, chanting for them and after chanting two, for cole when we were walking out yeah. people just kept showing adam cole baby everywhere it was crazy i love adam cole. uh takeover 25 championship match oh that was cole and gargano again. correct uh, that's goodness. when cole won it and i was so happy takeover new york cole and gargano two or three falls that's when cole lost and i was really sad correct takeover phoenix mm. championship match oh you're right i i know this what, oh, it was Champa, wasn't it? Champa, correct. Uh, was it? It wasn't Alistair Black. Was correct, it? It, it was. It was. Okay. UK Takeover Blackpool. Oh, uh, Dunn and Coffee. Correct. That Ta- was when Walter debuted. Right. Takeover War Games 2018. On a Air versus uh, Ricochet Dunn and the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. We're good. I forgot that too. When Ricochet did the I double, suck. that's when Ricochet did the double moonsault off the cage. If I did trivia, it would not be an interesting segment because I'd be like, I don't know, I don't know, no idea. Um, Takeover Brooklyn Four. Um, Last Man oh, Standing. If it oh, helps right, you. Champa and Gargano. Correct. Takeover Chicago Champa Two. Champa Gargano. In what type of match? Um, is that the? Say it. Right, street so, fight? correct. Chicago street fight. Chicago how dare street. you? It's very different from other city street fights, so right. you need to get that straight, okay? Takeover New Orleans. Uh, unsanctioned match. Correct. Gargano. Yes. My God, your mind for trivia. Takeover Philadelphia. Andrade Gargano. Correct. Which is also known as? A title match. The greatest match of all time. My favorite match of all time, probably. Really? It's up there. I love that match. I, I didn't this know is when that. I'm like, oh my God, Andrade is the man. Anyways. Uh, Takeover War Games 2017. Undisputed Era versus Sandy versus Roderick Strong and AOP. Correct. Man, Undisputed Era, a lot of War Games stuff, eh? They, they were the kings of War Games. They were. Takeover Brooklyn 3. Oh, uh, McIntyre, Bobby Roode. Correct. Takeover Chicago. DIY versus AOP. Oh, I thought I might get you because it was a tag team match. Well, I, that's when Champa turned heel. And so what type of tag last. team match? Ladder match. Damn it. Yes, correct. Takeover Orlando. Now we're getting back a ways. Okay. Championship match. Is that Bobby Roode and Nakamura? Correct. Damn it. That's when they introduced the new title, too. And then TakeOver San Antonio? Bobby Roode Nakamura. Correct. And then TakeOver Toronto? Joe Nakamura. Correct. TakeOver Brooklyn 2? Joe Nakamura. Correct. TakeOver The End? Was that (coughs) Joe and Balor? It was. Can you get one wrong somewhere? That was the cage one, right? And he doesn't know what what I'm going to ask him. He literally sits down here with no idea what trivia is going to be. I promise you. Take over Dallas. Let's uh, get him. Joe and Balor. Correct. Take over London. Joe oh. and Balor. Correct. Take over Respect. Oh, Bailey and Sasha. Oh, I, was, I wasn't even going to give you the, and what type of match? Iron Woman. Correct. Uh, take over Brooklyn. Is that Balor Owens ladder match? Correct. Damn it. 
uh, Takeover Unstoppable, which I don't even remember being a name. Uh, Valor. No. Wait, Zane and someone? Correct. Owen. Wait, Zane and Sorry, Neville? No, I think you said it before Zane that. Zane and Owens? Correct. So you, I'm going to say you got that one wrong, just because. Uh, Takeover Rival. Zane and Neville? No. Zane and someone else? Yep. Maybe someone you just already said. Valor? No. Owens? Correct. Zane Owens, Zane Owens was Rival and Unstoppable. Takeover Our Evolution. Zane Neville. Correct. <laughs> Takeover Fatal Four Way. Since they got clever with the name there. Neville. Correct. Tyson Kidd. Correct. Two more. Same Zane. Correct. <laughs> Never had a title, but was super mega over. Tyler Breeze. Correct. In NXT. I was going to say him already, but then I was like, that doesn't sound right. And the first ever takeover was? Like takeover or like NXT rival. Takeover. Neville and someone? Yes. Neville and Tyson Kidd? Correct. Wow. That is super impressive. Okay. If it was a rival, it would have been, I think that was Neville and Bo Dallas. So you are ridiculous with your takeover knowledge. I figured you know the vast majority because we loved all the takeovers. They yeah. were like the best thing going, but I didn't think you would nail every single one, but maybe one or two. Great job. All right. So let's uh, end the trivia and go back into talking about the week's wrestling in a segment we like to call High Spots and Rest Holds. All right, so I will be talking about, as usual, um, NXT and Impact, which I watched all of both of those. I have not watched Bound for Glory, which took place last night, which I may get around to. I might include it in High Spots and Wrestles next week, just if there's anything that stood out. But just in general, the card doesn't really appeal to me, um, so I'm not that excited to watch it. But if I need something to watch in the background while I do other things, I might check that out today. So let's start out for me with NXT. So I was going to ask you, because I didn't put it in either. What did you, because you watched it with me. What did you think of the opening segment with Pretty Deadly? No. It was really Actually, long, it was right? It okay, but I just didn't like it when Brawling Brutes came in. Like, they're entertaining, but they, this was just too long, I thought. Yeah. So I didn't put it, it kind of was in the middle, so I didn't put it anywhere. Um, so NXT overall this week, because again, this was the first, like, 3.0, right? We're supposed to be going back to whatever, black and gold and white, and it's not 2.0 anymore. So just an overall comment, the show was a bit of a rest hold to me. Other than the logo uh, being different, the color scheme being dis different in the announced team this week, which was only temporary because Vic Joseph was on his honeymoon, this felt really similar to 2.0. Have you ever heard the phrase like, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig? Yep. That's kind of what it felt like yeah. here, right? Like it wasn't, it was still lots of short matches, lots of, it didn't feel significantly different to me and that's what i wanted it to so overall the whole show was a bit of a rest hold but more specifically there were a couple high spots and rest holds uh high spot for me was actually um what's her name katana chance and kaden carter doing a pre-recorded interview sort of sitting down beside each other um they came across kind of like siblings right they pushed each other's buttons because i think carter said that chance is like um a goody two shoes or whatever and you could see that chance didn't love that and then Chance's thing was kind of implying that, well, Caden Carter's a bit of a bitch sort of thing. But then it felt like siblings, right? Where they they push each other's buttons, but they really do like each other at the end of the day. So I thought they did a good job of providing what was probably a true backstory. It was um, Cat and Zero or Chance sort of having issues and taking a break from wrestling because Carter was like, this is like my lifelong love. I always wanted to be in wrestling. And then Chance was kind of like, this was a late love for me. I was a gymnast and then I was on um, Ninja Warrior and then I kind of fell in love with wrestling after that, but took a break. 
and um Caden Carter was when Chance took a break sort of wondering what was next for her sort of thing but stayed supportive of Chance the whole time so I thought this was realistic and added depth to their characters and because I really don't have much interest in this tag team um so I thought this helped a lot actually then we got a rest hold which I would suggest was the wrestling in on this show in general again a huge disappointment because I was hoping for a departure from 2.0 and didn't get it so basically what you got was um, Carmelo Hayes beat Oro Mensa in five minutes. The match was fine. Um, I, a note I made is I really don't like Carmelo Hayes without a title. He is a star and he didn't deserve to lose that title. He lost it for kind of no reason. And it was a stark difference for me. I didn't like it at all. Um, your boy Von Wagner beat Andre, yeah. Andre Chase in five minutes. That was average forgettable. Oh, Chu beat man. Last Legend in four minutes forgettable. Stark and Lions beat Toxic Attraction. That got 11 minutes. It was just okay right? Like toxic attraction, whatever. Um, I don't think Nikita Lyons is good and I feel bad for Zoe Stark. Julius Creed beat Duke Hudson in a one minute squash, whatever. Zion Quinn beat Hank Walker in two minutes. Um, and then Walker got saved by Quincy Elliott, maybe looking like they might be a tag team. And then um, the main event was good. It was a pretty deadly beat Dunn and Holland. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to call them by their tag team name. And but in 13 minutes, and that was because Imperium got involved, right? So that match was good, but still nothing amazing. So just like you're looking over it, right? Like five minutes, five minutes, four minutes, one minute, two minutes. Like this is not anything new from, I guess you could say, well, what was the standard in 2.03 minutes? So they extended <laughs> them by a minute or two, right? So still short, basic matches with nothing of note. So um, disappointing to say the least. A uh, specific rest hold. Apollo Crews with his visions still. So this week, despite his best efforts to avoid Cruz's vision, because it makes sense that we have all have access to what's going on in Apollo Crews' head. I don't even understand. I saw it and I don't even understand what happened. So it's stupid. So despite Waller knowing what the vision was somehow, which is dumb, and trying to avoid it, he still gets dragged under the ring by Cruz at the end of his Waller effect segment. And then Waller emerges from the ring Oh, yeah, and I saw also that the wheel landed on Weapons Wild yes. for their match, which is right next Just to Trick or Street Fight. Right. Tell me the difference uh, between those two. A hundred percent. Like there isn't one. What? So I he, thought it was funny. He was pitching. He was uh, rooting for a coal miners club. Yes, because I think that's the funny. Like it's dumb. So he he's panicking and his eyes are red, and this whole feud, right? If you really look at it, is about uh, an eye gouge in a match. So it's, a standard heel tactic. This is to me, a, like. What? Eye for an eye, baby. I guess. Eh. But to me, this is like not much different than like building a feud over a guy using a closed fist in a match, right? Because you're not supposed to do right. that either. Right. But it's something that happens. So I don't know, man. This whole, the drama that they're attempting to staple to like this mundane little thing that happens all the time in wrestling. Plus then like it manifests itself by him having these like i don't mind like well, psychic maybe visions that we all like see a, a worse like i got like if he did like something like where it makes sense like, he's bleeding but i think the the visions thing takes it too it's far it's dumb and it's too bad because cruz is doing a better job of speaking and and sounding like he's comfortable on the mic but they're giving him nonsense to deal with um contrast that a high spot for me was a dragon of i actually wanted to send you a link to this because i thought it was awesome dragon of just pre-recorded segment just Sometimes I find he gets almost too passionate and intense, it, and it distracts me a little. This one, I think he was right on point. He talked about how hard it was to give up the NXT um, UK title because of his ankle injury. Talks about the pain of having to watch 
Worlds Collide, thinking it should have been him against Bron, Bron Breaker and not Tyler Bate. Um, so I just thought this was... He found the sweet spot in his intensity here. Excellent promo. Really liked it. So it used to be like too much, like with the right. eye contact, right. remember? So I think this was excellent, and I'm I'm really excited about Dragunov being there and hoping he can have some cool matches. That was honestly about all I had notable for NXT. Did you want to do any main roster before I go to Impact? Yeah, I only had two that I could get, but um, one of them was um Chad Gable, German Suplex, Braun Strowman in his match. Which wow. Was really cool. Kind of like a Andre... Hogan moment. Right. They do say if you get your hips lower than the other guy, which his definitely are, yeah, right? I thought that was pretty cool. And then the other high spot from SmackDown was um, um, Maximum Mio Miles got attacked backstage. And Ellie Knight was like, and it's not who I am. He's, he even said Ellie Knight, so Ellie Knight's back, baby. Good. Which, I mean, that's good. I mean, it's good again, for him. Ellie Knight, not our favorite, but it's a thousand times better than. Yeah. And Maximum it fits Mio perfectly Miles. in yeah. the main roster stuff, right? Like, he's, I don't know what they were waiting for. I think for. Ellie and I could do a lot. Uh, very Me too. There. Like, I think he was fine in NXT, but I think he could do, uh, and it, like, he was good in NXT, so I think they could do um, pretty good in yeah. main roster. And let him talk as the obnoxious character he is, right? Like, he, his promos are really entertaining. So, switching to Impact, which I just finished this also, morning. Also, I would like to say I would like for Butch to do that. Agree. Um, I'll talk about that again later, but if Butch could do the exact same thing, yeah. I literally don't care that they just did that. Just do it again with Butch, and I will be the happiest boy in the world. Right. Um, Impact Wrestling this week, high spot for me was the sort of the final was build. Was Matt Taven? <laughs> no. The final build for, for Bailey. Yeah, you got to hear me complain a lot about Matt Taven as I was watching it. The final build for the Mike Bailey-Kazarian uh, uh, match. You watched that yet? No, I have not. But okay. the, so this was just a really simple, realistic story. So I loved it because they're talking about Mike Bailey is trying to be like the fightingest X Division champion ever. And I think it was like, they were given the statistics, right? He has like nine successful defenses in about four months. And I think the point is he's on pace to break Kazarian's run of, I think he had 13 title defenses in a, and, and Bailey's on pace to do it in a much shorter time, right? So Bailey's got motivation to keep winning. Kazarian's got simple motivation to stop yeah, this kid. Cool. Right, so I really liked it, and I thought it, the 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 video was well delivered. Right, so I, I quite like that. Um, you're gonna notice most of my high spots are not any of the in ring this week, which is disappointing. Then there was a Ke Killer Kelly segment. They continue to just have a cool vibe to them. She's kind of in her usual dark place, cutting a promo, and then just gets jumped by um, Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans. And then from this, we learned that all three of these women will be in the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match. So really leaning into the intergender stuff because I think. Giselle Shaw might be in it as well. I'm pretty sure I saw. Do you know who won that? So I, lots I of, couldn't even lots of women going into it. So we'll see what happens there. Just her presentation has been really cool, but I think at this point she needs to start stringing together some important wins to like elevate her further because I think they can. Like the women's division in Impact right now with um, Slamovich and Killer Kelly is is looking pretty good to me, and Jordan Grace is awesome. So they got some talent there. Um, high spot for me. <laughs> It's just a simple one. Brian Myers walking around backstage as the, what is it? The digital media champion. That's what I it's called. I still think that's a stupid belt. Just I do like, too. Think that I don't, I like to having another mid card title because I honestly think that makes sense. But like, I know the choice of anything else. I agree. Uh, but he's a really good mid card heel. So he's just walking around backstage. And what kind of made it for me is he bumps into Delirious who gets to speak some of his gibberish. Like I remember covering his promos in Ring of Honor oh, right. and just loving yeah. it because he just speaks absolute gibberish. Um, so it was a really quick segment, but it also saw at the beginning of it, I think it was a yellow hoodied member of Eric Young's group being removed by security. So I kind of like that too. It's like, 
the last couple of weeks we see one of or two of them trying to kind of infiltrate but not being successful right so just to remind us they're trying to break in or whatever and get involved but they're not sort of thing um so i like that high spot the closest thing to a match high spot i can give you is sammy callahan as the guest referee for moose and macklin so basically callahan doing his videotaping of people right like he has access to all this has uh had footage of moose and macklin both saying that they're going to turn on the other right so their alliance sammy's just trying to mess with them and blow up their alliance so i don't even know an alliance i thought there was like a three-way at they were but they it was kind of like it would be a three-way but moose and macklin kind of working together and then sammy's like you think you're going to work together here's the footage of each of you saying you're going to turn on the other one right so it's a break up there um so anyways the, the match itself was a decent bloody brawl. It was a lot of Macklin bleeding from the head and Moose continuing to attack it. But anyway, Sammy kind of stole the match for me because he's basically, all he wants is for them to kill each other, right? So he was like comedically incompetent. Like there was a suplex out on the floor and he's just yelling over the ropes, are you guys okay? Like, cause he doesn't care, right? And he's not counting the pinfalls correctly yeah. because he wants the match right. to carry on and for them to get more damage. So... He ends up actually hitting a cactus driver to both of them. That's or, like the, is that package pile driver? No, it's just a regular kind of quick pile driver. Uh-huh. Um, and then he stacks Macklin on top of Moose to count the three. So that he was fun there. Um, another high spot, Joe Hendry segment. Similar, but a little different this week. Instead of being a completely pre-recorded kind of skit almost, this one was um, taking place backstage. And remember I showed you like the three jobbers that I didn't really know who they were. So they were trying to figure out who would be the one to ask Scott Demore for the last spot in the control or the, what is it? The choose your, change your narrative, your, clear your, call your sinuses. What is it? Call, call your, your shot. shot. There you go. Um, gauntlet. Do you say clear your sinuses? Just because I have CYS and I'm thinking of my own stuffy head right now. <laughs> <laughs> clear your sinuses. So basically these jobbers end up playing rock, paper, scissors and the winning jobber whose name I didn't even get goes to ask like Demore, so he goes to open Demore's office door. Hendry comes out of the office and the usual musical number number ensues. So everybody the more people show up and they're like doing the clapping and dancing like that that is happening. Except so except for the jobber who got denied, the one that was gonna go ask. So he's kind of like not really into it. And then we He find, doesn't believe in Joe Hendry. And then right, how dare he? So I imagine that's gonna set up a squash match next week or something. <laughs> and we learn that Hendry is the final participant in the Clear Your Sinuses gauntlet match that will be has already happened and I don't know. Uh really big rest hold. Ready? The Swingerellas got yes. so they got squashed by Jessica and Taya Valkyrie. Death dolls. Um is that what they're called? Yeah, with a Z. Oh, I didn't even know that. I, I didn't know that, that until I saw one of the so this made me laugh because commentary are struggling to explain why this match is happening. And it's like Swingerella number one was engaged to Johnny Swinger, but is now engaged to or married to Johnny Bravo. And that they thought Jessica Havoc was flirting. Anyways, it was ridiculous. The explanation took about as long as the match. So Taya and Jessica squashed two non-wrestlers. And then that earns them a title shot because the division is super deep, obviously. Right. So the whole thing was a waste of time. Um, finally, well, not finally, I guess. Second penultimate um, is I like that they ended the show with a Masha Slamovich, Jordan Grace contract signing because I agree that this match feels like the biggest one at Bound for Glory. Masha has been built as an undefeated monster and getting longer and longer matches and better talent and still crushing them. And Jordan Grace is just 
an unstoppable powerhouse of a champion. So I really think this feels a lot more interesting to me, even though I love Josh Alexander, than him taking on Eddie Edwards, because who cares? I've seen people predicting Eddie Edwards to win, and I don't know if that happened, so don't say anything, but I don't think so. I can't imagine. Anyways, I just appreciate Impact understanding that this is the big match for a lot of people, and it's the women, so I like the focus on them as well, in contrast to AEW. Um, (laughs) So this ended with Masha putting Grace through a table with the snowplow. So I'm afraid it means maybe Masha doesn't win the match. I, I saw and Jordan Grace's finisher but... called Fall From Grace, and I yes. just like to say I love that. That is cool, right? That, She's that, awesome, that man. Makes me so I, I love both of these women. I don't really want either of them to lose. So it's the match I'm by far most interested in. And then finally, the rest hold overall, kind of like um, NXT was the in-ring action this week because the last couple weeks, I've enjoyed some of the matches. Right. I don't think anything was awful, but nothing was a high spot. So I would, I guess, like to to quote MJF, this was all basically mid. Mid. So you got the bloody brawl between Macklin and Moose, um, a decent match, but way too much outside interference between Shelley and Taven. Right, good old. What was I complaining about, Matt Taven? Oh yeah, he names like everything. everything. Every basic move the dude does, he tries to give it. I think he like. He just wants to be cool and he tries way too hard and it's he's not cool. Like and all he ever does is like a cool heel gimmick, but he's not good at it and his matches are okay. Anyways. But he's I'm, the OGK. I just don't like Matt Taven, I apologize. Uh and then Mia Yim beat Giselle Shaw in a decent match, I guess. Um, and then the women's tag squash. So nothing super entertaining match wise uh this week for me. And there has been lately. So it kind of felt like a holding pattern last little ditch effort to build to bound for glory which doesn't look great to me to be honest so anyways that is my high spots and rest hold so you wanted to preview yeah something extreme rules since we don't have figuring it out this which week, is right? tonight we're so... gonna oh right extreme rules and i'm done at seven so let's watch it together shall we nice all right so uh preview extreme rules i haven't really thought about it much so you're gonna get my sort of off the cuff predictions for this are we keeping track of predictions um yeah. Cause, all right, so let's do that. On, our, on my tally sheet, I have uh, Ring of Honor, which was whatever I that was. I think I won the last Summer two. SummerSlam, All Out, Worlds Collide, and Clash of the Castle. Because you were on a roll, and then I stole it last time, I think. I think. So. All right, so tell me what's going on here. Talk um, to me. So first one is Imperium versus, insert faction name here, and Adonny Brook. Who's the faction name? Seamus. Oh, and the Brawling Brutes? God damn it. Sorry. Uh, um, so I'm picking the Brutes, because... Uh, Gunther got the important title in, so I feel like he kind of throw the brutes a bone here, which was kind of the thing I've seen other people say. Um, but my hope would be Imperium wins, and Butch gets pissed off, renounces his right. name, and says, "I'm Pete Dunn," and then he confuses Sheamus and beat the crap out of him, then maybe fight Gunther for the title. I don't care. That would be the dream, but I don't think it'll happen. So brutes probably get a win here. I'll take Imperium just because I think they're gonna keep that rolling. Like they're, I hope so. I, pretty I cool and. I hope so. I will take Imperium. Not even just to be different. I actually... I think that's fair. I like that. Um, so Edge versus Finn Balor. I quit match. So I feel like it'll be Edge here. And part of me thinks it is. But apparently I saw a thing. Like WrestleVotes said that they've been told. Apparently significant plans are lined up for Balor in the future. He'll play a big role in the future. Mm-hmm. And with Triple H at the helm, that's not the craziest thing to believe. I agree. Um, so I'm going to take a chance and say Balor wins, even though I'm not 100%, but I would very much like to see Balor do something great. So I'm going to take Balor as well, because I just... I think that'd be really cool. I mean, I don't want him to do the Judgment Day thing anymore. No. But that 
if he's doing big things, and maybe that could turn this around too. I mean, right? Who knows? Like if you really elevate Balor and make him the because right, give I, this gimmick some depth too. I don't really understand what they are still. And I feel like there's no real leader, right? Or, and like if anyone, it's Balor, is Rhea Ripley almost. I think it's supposed to be Balor, but it doesn't seem like it. So if the big plans mean they elevate him, and that by extension elevates the group, then I'm cool with it, right? Yeah, I so, think it'd be cool if like. Also, I would very much like to see him do a demon within the Judgment Day, like yeah. purple demon. I don't know. I feel like that'd be kind of cool. Because Balor's amazing, but you know Vince just saw him as a tiny little dude, right? So those days are over, so I'll take Balor as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Uh, next, Drew McIntyre carrying Cross strap match. Um, I pick Cross because as much as I despise Cross, he's still kind of fresh off of his return, even though it's been a bit, but like wrestling-wise, um, he only had like a squash, I think. Right. Um. And so when here we're doing well. McIntyre should get a good showing though, because I think Cross is dominating much right. of the feud. So I think um McIntyre should I think they should have like a real back and forth one here, but I think Cross should win because I don't think a loss really affects McIntyre and so as much as I hate Cross, I think he needs a win. A hundred percent same theory is that who needs the win here, and I think it's right. Cross, and I don't think a loss re- uh, loss with a strong showing or shenanigans doesn't hurt Drew. Yeah. I think it's that one's pretty clear. Yeah. It's Maybe cross. a fireball that that'll go right this time. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, um, cross. So next, Bailey versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title on the ladder match. I'm going to take Bailey because I think Belair's had a great run. I think she's been doing a great job this year. But I think it's time for a title change. I think damage control running the whole With thing all the belts. makes sense. Yes. They did telegraph it on Raw, which which would imply they're not doing it. But I right. think that's just like, you got to do it. It just makes more sense here. Um, To give Bailey another title run, I think, is also smart because I think her last title run with the SmackDown one is was brilliant. So I will... I agree with what you're saying, but I'll take Belair just because I think it could go either way. And um, A, to be different, and B, to just keep the Belair thing going, right? And just keep establishing her as just a super, superstar that you can go back to anytime you want yeah. and maybe do this title change a little bit later. So I'll take Belair retaining there. Okay. Uh, other women's title match, Morgan Rousey Extreme Rules match. I have zero oh. interest in this whatsoever. I don't see either of them as a great option, but Rousey winning seems a little less likely, so I guess I'll take Morgan because I don't want to pick either of them because I don't give a rat's ass. I do not care at this, all. I, well, you just got I'll my visceral Morgan. reaction was to go, oh, yeah. I don't care either. I'll take Rousey just because I feel like they need to end this Liv Morgan experiment. They could have done that a month ago with Shane Baszler. But I think we now there's been further evidence, and it's really time to be like, you've... You kind of hamstrung her from the beginning and made her look weak, and it's really hard to recover from that, right? So, I mean, maybe her crushing Rousey helps that, but I think Rousey. I'll take Rousey. Okay. Uh, and then our last one is Rollins versus Riddle in the... Oh, fight pit. Fight pit. Is that the main event? I don't think? know, but I feel I think it should be. It is be. for us. <laughs> I think it should be. Yeah. Um, and like, Ooh. then it makes it, it's less pressure on them. I saw another point is like less pressure on them. Cause it'll, it's probably difficult to set up the whole thing. I'm confident in my pick on this. So one. I'm taking riddle cause Me too. it's his match. I agree. It's, and I, I think that's as much as I want another Rollins win. I really appreciate them giving him the win last time. I'd love if it was any other match, I'd pick Rollins, but it's fight pit. So and riddle I, needs to establish this as his match. A hundred percent. And I feel like they are trying to establish riddle as a guy, right? Like as a, um, at, just beneath maybe the top tier like can be a title challenger kind of like drew mcintyre status right where if you need him you can use him but he's at that level just beneath right and that if you establish this as his match that yeah. leaves you places to go in the future so yeah I agree. exactly you can like have 
uh, other matches in the fight pit. So all of his, now that you want to make him a star, all of his major, major feuds, you can have that option, right? Of it culminating or whatever in um, a fight, fight pit. pit. So fight I will also, pit. I think that one is, and the match should be sick, right? Like, and again, Rollins doesn't get hurt by losing a really cool match here. So I think it's Riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is it. There's not a lot. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said there was no figuring it out, so I think no. we have reached the end of episode 116, right in our sweet spot, man. We're hitting this hour and three quarters that I love so much, pretty much nailing it. So uh, thank you for joining us, taking any time out of your week to listen to us talk about wrestling. We'll definitely be back next Saturday with episode 117. There's always a slight chance if we really liked something about Extreme Rules, we could talk about it. We haven't. We'll at least talk time. about it next week. We definitely haven't done a bonus episode in a while, so you never know. But if not, yes, we'll talk about it on episode 117. So we hope to see you all back here next Saturday afternoon for that. And until then, everybody, Canadians, have a great Thanksgiving. Everybody else, take care.